When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen up, mucker feathers. If you just can't get enough of 83 weeks, we've got tons more waiting for you over at adfreeshows.com. Bonus episodes, all the archives with zero, yes, I said zero ads. Plus, we've got interactive events and experiences with yours truly. You can ask me anything, chat one-on-one during our live locked and loaded events. And if you joined us in Chicago this year for Top Guy Weekend, we got to hang out the entire weekend weekend, and it was a blast. I can't wait for Top Guy Weekend 2022. Hey, want to hear me rip Greg Gagne, Vince Russo, and others a new one on our popular Eric Fires Back series? I eviscerate Twitter trolls on me tweet receipts, plus bonus watch-alongs and tons more. Do yourself a favor right now. Google the internet, and you won't find a better value in all of wrestling than over at adfreeshows.com. You not only get 83 weeks, but all of Conrad Thompson's podcasts early and ad-free and on video for as low as $9 a month. Come on, man. You can't beat it. Join the family today at adfreeshows.com. Hey y'all, it's Rebel with AEW. And when I'm not with the doctor helping her dominate the women's division, you can find me on adfreeshows.com every other Sunday, hosting my personal happy hour, Rebel's Happy Hour. And I would love for you to join me. It's an hour long of drinking, laughing, a little Q&A, maybe some guest surprises, and just chatting about whatever's on your mind. I promise it's a good time. And yes, it is all face to face. So do it now, do it today. Sign up at adfreeshows.com and become a top guy. And tell them Rebel sent you. Mwah. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Christmas is finally behind us, but are you dreading those credit card bills headed your way? Well, here's a pro tip. Don't get stuck making minimum payments in the new year. Savewithconrad.com can help you get rid of your credit card debt just like that. Oh, and we're going to get you the best deal on a mortgage you've ever had. But how's this for starters? No payments until March. You don't need money out of your pocket or perfect credit. So find out how much money you can save for free right now at savewithconrad.com.
recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you? Just blessed. That's how I am. Looking forward to the day. It's still dark out this morning as we're prepping this. Cause you've got a big weekend coming up. I was going to join you in the blue Ridge mountains. I think that's where it is, right? Yep. You nailed it. Yes, sir. But I've got a, uh, I've got a little bit of surgery. I got to get done tomorrow. So I'll be, uh, I'll be home convalescing alone this weekend. Well, listen, that's going to me and the dog will have fun. That's going to get everybody concerned and wondering, go ahead and, uh, follow up on that. Add some context. It's not a major surgery. We should be worried about your health, right? No, but see this finger. Yep. Like it, it, I can't extend it. That's it. That's as far as it'll extend. And this one is getting the same thing. It's called, I think I'm saying this right. Dupernin's contracture. Mm. And what it is, is like on the inside of my hand, you can't probably see it here, but there's, it's like a, uh, it's just like a growth of tissue that forms on the tendon that controls your fingers. I had it on this hand. I had it operated on. I only can't probably can't see the scars here, but there's one big one here that goes to about here and another one, but, um, it's common, you know, um, actually who's the, who's the quarterback, John Elway, John, John Elway. You see the commercials all the time. So yeah, they're going to go in and open that up and cut that growth off the tendons so that I can put my hands in a glove because right now it's so bad. Like I can't put a glove on and I've been putting this off. I should have done this a year and a half ago, to be honest, but you know, put it off, put it off. It wasn't a problem. Now all of a sudden it's wintertime and I can't put my hand in a glove. So fuck that. I'm going in to get it cut out. Well, good for you. Uh, a friend of ours had that done. I don't know that I should just air their medical history, but I, after you told me about this earlier in the week, I got to thinking, Hey, wait a minute. I know somebody else who had that done. So it's not all that uncommon and you should no. be fine. But I know if we just didn't follow up, everybody's going to wonder what's wrong with Eric. Is he okay? But yes, Eric will be back next week. Just fine. But this week we're excited to be talking about nitro and what a special nitro is, is we're going to be doing it watch along style. So pull out your peacock, get up season three, episode seven. It went down on February 17th, 1997. This is the go home edition before super brawl. And there's so much happening on this show, man, buckle up. This is maybe nitro at its best. I don't know if it's one of the best 10 episodes, but it is a prime example of why we love nitro so much. And I'm rip roaring, ready to go. Eric, are you ready? I'm ready. My friend. Well, let's go It's season three, episode seven, February 17th, 1997. So if you're listening at home with us, we want you to uh, fire up your peacock and mute the feedback. Eric and I will give you some uh, commentary and we'll track it. So you can hear the important parts, including the intro, which I'll play to get us started. Here we go in three, two, one play. We welcome you live to WCW Monday Nitro. We are in Tampa, Florida, and we are live and looking outside of the Steinbrenner Entertainment Hall of the Florida State Fairgrounds, Tampa. And there you see legend 
the NWO making their arrival right at the beginning of the program. Well, look at this disgusting display. Here they are, a bunch of soulless men, Tony, turned themselves into a bunch of robotized sheep, all following the checkbook of Ted DiBiase. Personally, I find them as men disgusting examples. Well, there is no question that this is a gang that has made a profound impact on our, on our sport. See, look, they're turning away and running away. No, they're not. Wait a minute, who's down? Someone is down out there. What's going on, man? Who is that, anyway? It's one of the NWO guys. Talk to me, who was it? Well, there's an NWO know. that looks... <laughs> Apparently, as they are making their way into the trap bar, did someone... Attack? Who I don't is know who it? it is. I have no idea who it is, either. It. Now, we saw, wait a minute, we saw... As we are back in the arena right now, we saw... So there you go. A hot angle to get us started. Uh, this was a staple of nitro things would happen in the back. As a reminder, we're in Tampa Steinbrenner hall here. There's about 3000 fans. It is a sellout and out first who else, who better Ray Mysterio jr. Man, we're checking all the boxes, the NWO Ray Mysterio, everything that's right about uh, nitro here to get us kicked off. You know what though? I'd like to pick it apart here for just a minute which is weird, me picking apart my own work in a way. But um, if I had to do that all over again, obviously I didn't like the Ted DiBiase, you know, Larry's comments. Well, they're using DiBiase's money, which was a carryover from his previous WWE character. I thought that was lame. It, it, listening to it now, it just didn't fit. You know, the NWO was organic. It was real or felt real. It was authentic. And it was uh, something that had never really been seen before. And then to kind of weave in the DiBiase million dollar man character into it. I think it took away. I wish I had that one to do, do over again. Also, I didn't really get the whole, uh, you know, the attack on the, the NWO member. I, that didn't come off well at all to me, but so be it. We got a good match though. Super Callow, Ray Mysterio Jr. Digging this one. It should be fun to watch. Absolutely. I mean, you know, this is a different time in wrestling, of course, but the WWF didn't have anything they could present anywhere close to this. Uh, I want to read something here that Meltzer had to say about this nitro to get us started and see if you have any recollection of this nitro on two seventeen was held before a sellout 3000 fans at Steinbrenner hall at the Tampa state fairgrounds, about 1500 fans paid $10 ahead to get premium seats. And the rest of the seats were filled by fairgoers who had to pay fair admission. There were a lot of problems live because more people had paid to get into the fair largely to attend nitro and then couldn't get in because the place was packed. <laughs> so there you go. Nitro is such a hot property that people are saying, yeah, I'll go to the fair really having no intention to stop by and get a funnel cake or hit up the Gravitron. They wanted <laughs> to see Ray Mysterio. And then they're a little disappointed. Do you remember this, uh, this situation or this day or this circumstance? No, I don't, but it sounds like it's something that could have easily happened because it was a small venue and it was the state fairgrounds on a Monday night. How many people are normally going to the state fairgrounds on a Monday night? No, not many. They're going, they were coming to watch nitro and with only 3000 seats, I can see that that could have been a problem. So while I don't remember it, um, mostly because I wouldn't have been involved in the issue itself, it sounds like a Sounds like it probably happened or some version of it close to it, man. They're pulling out all the stops here. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what you would call that a springboard missile drop kick to the floor. Uh, but goodness gracious, these guys are doing this just to add context. 25 years ago, this isn't a Wednesday night or a Friday night. Uh, this is 25 years ago. 
and they're pulling out all the stops here now. Meltzer and this is this, and this is the reason you are watching what you're watching on Wednesday night or Friday night, sure, or Monday night. With there's your sign, Brenner, right there at ringside. Um, this was the introduction of the lucha style in a a national primetime platform, which was brand new. But you, you look at talent today, and you look at the style of wrestling today. A lot of the, the, the people you see today on screen owe a debt of gratitude to these young men because they they really help change the business in a way that we're still seeing today. So now we're going backstage and uh, let's track it here. Who's hurt? Okay, we understand. We do understand. We've been told that was Big Bubba who went down. And Bubba now is being taken into an ambulance. Get some redemption, bro. And apparently, the only thing I can say is that uh, I don't think someone can get that hurt from just slipping. Apparently, someone came up from behind, I would think, Larry, and took him out. Well, again, speculation is not proof positive, uh, but obviously this guy did not step on a banana peel. Something happened to Bubba. And uh, I don't know what it is, Tony. Mr. Wall Street is in the ambulance with him, and so Big Bubba, who was making his way in here, is now being carried away to a local hospital here in the Tampa Bay area. Well, at least Wall Street's got enough money to cover the medical. Uh, I, I think the whole group does, as a matter of fact. So there they go. And we will keep you abreast of this story. I tell you, it's going to be. So listen, there's good and bad to every show. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't hate the angle. I like the angle, but I, I don't really like the idea that we're interrupting a Ray Mysterio match for an update In hindsight. I wish we had that one to do over again. Yeah, and in hindsight, uh, uh, Ray Trailer was a good friend of mine and, and a good friend of my son Garrett's. Um, super guy. Bad casting, though. He should have never been cast into the NWL. I'd like to have that one back, too. It wasn't any good for Ray. Kind of took away the vibe for NWL. I've said it a million times, man. Casting was one of the reasons why the NWL storyline is still successful to this day. It's still creating revenue to this day. And a lot of that had to do with the chemistry and the casting and, you know, adding DiBiase again, bad choice, my bad choice, bad casting, Ray trailer, same thing. And you're right. You know, if that would have been a hotter angle, if it would have been more, there would have been more urgency in it or more danger in it. I can see interrupting this match, but you know, to watch a guy get stuck in an ambulance Eh, bad, bad, bad choice creatively. Mysterio here. You, you may say, man, we're not seeing him moving around as fast. Uh, Mysterio would be noted in the observer as having a noticeably tender knee still though, five minutes, 57 seconds of incredible moves and hot action. I mean, you're seeing some real innovative stuff here, especially for 1997. And I want to add context to the backstage scene. We just saw we're a month removed, uh, maybe a little more, maybe five weeks from diamond Dallas page, turning down the invite to join the NWO. So as a fan at home, I'm probably wondering right now, as we see Ray Mysterio coming up with a pretty innovative little, uh, I, I didn't even, right? I didn't know what that was, brother. That was really interesting. I know what this is. That's the finish hurricane Rana into a pinning combination. There we go. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com slash 83 weeks. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They'll allow you to connect in a safe and private online environment. It really is so convenient. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and they've even got financial aid available. The service is available for clients worldwide. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to counselors located near you. By the way, licensed professional counselors are also there who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and even self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. And we recommend you check out their testimonials that are posted daily at betterhelp.com. And by the way, BetterHelp has been such a sensation and so helpful across all of America that they're now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash 83 weeks. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 83 weeks. That's betterhelp.com slash 83 weeks. And we thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's podcast. Hey guys, I don't know about you, but when the pandemic started, we started wearing a little comfort wear around the house. I mean, Hey, if we're going to be stuck here at home, why bother getting dressed up every day? So we got really used to comfort here at the Thompson household. And then of course, now as things are getting a little more back to normal, we're back out there doing our thing, daddy. But what I have not sacrificed is comfort. Now that's thanks to stance. I recently got a whole bunch of stance swag. And I think we've talked about this before the beginning of the year. I'm addicted to stance socks back in the day. I would wear socks to the office. And as soon as I came home, man, yeah, I wanted to put, take off all my dress clothes, but what was most uncomfortable, the old socks, 
these stance socks, dude, I'm wearing them right now at home. I can't tell you how much I love stance. Now, one thing that's weird about these socks compared to all the other socks is when I first opened the box, you can feel the quality, you know, quality, when you see it, you know, quality, when you feel it, the stance stuff, not only looks cool, it's colorful, it's fun, but dude, it is so comfortable. Eric tells me he's loving the underwear too. They've got something for everybody. Now founded in 2009 stance apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and your active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in both style and self-expression because stance believes that everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Here's what we're talking about. Our man, Tony loves him some Batman. They got Batman stuff. Everybody knows Dave green, our sales guy. He knows the Wu-Tang clan ain't nothing to mess with. Well, they got Wu stuff. They've also got stuff from star Wars, the office, Disney, Marvel, baseball, basketball. There's something for everybody, but my go-to dude, it's the socks. If you're going to try one thing from stance and by the way, I recommend you try it all, but the socks dude, come on. So soft, so comfortable far superior to anything I've ever had. And stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in those that feel good do good. So go see for yourself, register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code 83 weeks at checkout to apply and enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. What a tremendous maneuver, acrobatic maneuver from Ray Mysterio Jr. When you live up top, you die up top as well. Hey, go to Geico.com. Pass it on. So we'll get back to the DDP thing. I want to briefly mention, you know, I don't know much about televised wrestling. Obviously you really created this format and, and people are still using it to this day, but boy, what's important in TV, especially in this era is, and I guess even to this day, you want to start hot, you know, segment one needs to be something that's going to keep people paying attention. You know, they're not going to change the channels. If they're going to check it out, they're going to stick around sort of the same thing for what I guess is referred to as the crossover between hour one and hour two. And then your main event, those are like your three prime time segments. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, everything in the middle has got to be good too, right? Or as good as it could be, but you've got to start, you got to get their attention, make them commit subconsciously to stick around and watch the show. And you do that by giving them something they can sink their teeth into immediately or capture their imagination immediately. Obviously the crossover, you want to hold the audience because you know, if your show goes up at eight o'clock, for example, on the East coast, and it's going to run till 10. Well, at nine o'clock, all of the other company, all of the other networks, cable, terrestrial, whatever, are all changing their programs too. And if there's something particularly interesting on at nine o'clock, you don't want your audience to go, I'm going to go check that out and see if perhaps I enjoy that more. Cause I've been here now for an hour and I've been having fun, but Hey, this other show's on. And I dig that too. You, you want to take that temptation to from, with the viewer to reach for the remote and just sample what else is going on. And you do that by timing, you know, your crossover, you want to get into your, the, the heat of your crossover a couple of minutes before, or a minute before the, the, the nine o'clock hour in this, in this case, and you want to hold them for at least two or three minutes. That's how you, I think uh, you got to hold them for about five to seven minutes after nine o'clock. If you can do that successfully, 
from a ratings point of view, you have held on to that audience because even if they switch over at 908 or 909 or 910, 912, you still have them for the majority of that quarter hour, which helps to build the rating overall. So there you go. And then obviously the finish because, or the end of the show, because that's the last thing they see. And I was criticized a lot and I understand why, um, because it was a, a formula that we would do over and over and over again. But I always loved finishing the show hot, whether it's a big pull apart or somebody, you know, rushing the ring and fucking shit up, whatever the case is. I loved an open ended show because that was a version of a cliffhanger. It's the same thing that drama series do. You know, I'm I'm watching Animal Kingdom. Actually, we just finished it up last night. Animal Kingdom. It's been around for a long time. I think it's going into a sixth season. We just discovered it a couple weeks ago. We've already burned through (laughs) five seasons. But you watch that show and, and it's not unique to Animal Kingdom, but it's just what comes to mind because I'm watching it now. But you watch that show in every every episode ends on something that makes you want to tune in next week to see where it's going to go. That's called episodic TV. And we don't see enough of that anymore. Mm. It's very simple. It's not hard. It's really not. Neither is opening up the show hot, but we don't see it enough. And I think those three pillars, as you referred to them, is something that people should concentrate more on today. If they want to hold that audience, the last thing you want to see is a producer. And I'm sorry. I'm talking over this match. I'm sorry. I've had too much coffee. It's a Mongo match. You're allowed to talk over this. Oh man, I love watching Mongo. Oh no, Obviously. I do too. And by the way, we're all still pulling for Mongo and, and he's taken on a guy who I really felt like here in the, I don't know, 97, 98 era. Hey, we're seeing the, the early days of what is going to be a big star. Hugh Morris was a very capable wrestler, but the idea that he could do a moonsault, which I think we're actually going to see in this match. I previewed some of this yesterday. I, I was just convinced, man, that's, that's going to work. Somebody's going to do something with him. I think, you know, a guy like Hugh Morris in ECW, man, he would have become a legend. He would be a top indie guy that everybody's talking about now. And just for whatever reason, you know, timing is everything. I don't know that he ever really got his, his, uh, his flowers, if you will. And I know that later on there was controversy and all that, but I'm talking about in this era. And I know we had the whole silly misfits and the MIA and huge erection, but all that is so stupid. Yes. Yes. But what, stupid Hugh Morris I, though, could you have seen it? I mean, he could have been something. Yeah. You know, I often piss and moan and whine about missed opportunities and, you know, looking at the show so far, I've, I've already picked it apart pretty good, but I think Hugh Morris is a, a perfect example of a missed opportunity because he had everything. He had all of the tools. He could move like a 180 pounder, even though he probably weighed in about three bills. But he was fast. He was agile. He could do amazing stuff. He understood psychology. But he got saddled with a silly-ass gimmick right away. That wasn't his fault. Yeah. That that was WCW's fault. Even looking at him right now with the lime green Riddler pants, he looks like just a big, badass clown. And that's not going to get over. This is a guy, if anybody should have been in the NWO and and we could have taken advantage of, of Hugh Morris in a, in a more serious, dangerous way and presented him that way. He would have had a much better career because he had all the tools. I can't honestly remember to be fair, 
what his promo skills were at this point. You know, if we see something in the show, that'll be helpful. But even if he had minimal promo skills, we could have worked around that or, or helped him improve that because he had all the talent in the world. So I, I think we, WCW, I probably did him a disservice, but not looking at him from a different perspective and just letting him kind of evolve into the whole dungeon of doom nonsense. Yeah. Before he got here, he was known as crash the terminator, which I'm not going to say is the best name, but Hugh Morris, humorous boy. We, we let Kevin Sullivan go a little too far every now and again, but it, it was just goofy and he was so good. It was just, and it's like, we've talked about watch, watch this, Barrow. Eric, here it comes. This is going to be Holy a big smokes. move. Hugh Morris going to execute the moonsault. Yes. It's called no laughing matter. Boy, is he going to be in for surprise? Well, McMichael just got the last laugh. He sure did. McMichael. So Deborah slides Mongo, the Halliburton. He just holds it over his body. Hugh Morris moonsaults on top of it. And it has no effect on Mongo, which you would think it would crush him even more. Instead, it hurts Hugh Morris. One, two, three. That's all she wrote. And that's actually a pretty decent match for Mongo. Mongo gets criticized a lot. Ric Flair just to this day says, no, he's my first, he's my second favorite horseman of all time. Uh, but yeah, that was actually a pretty decent little match there. Pretty decent little match for a guy that's only been in a business for five minutes. You're absolutely right. It's a pretty decent match. He should have never been in the ring, but he was passionate about it. He wanted to be in the ring. He wanted to be a big character and because of who he was and what he represented, it worked out for him. But um, again, just going back to Hugh Morris, you know, and that moonsault off the top rope, he placed that perfectly. If you go back and watch how he landed on Mongo, that was executed perfectly. Yeah. Such a big move for such a big man. So impressive to watch. I, uh, I can't help, but chuckle when we take a look at Tony Schiavone's dress here, he's got, uh, the big lapels on the jacket. looks like a double breasted blazer. And, uh, the collarless shirt that I guess was the style back then. And speaking of styles, how about this, uh, three color way polo that Larry Zabisco is wearing? These guys are right out of a men's warehouse commercial in 1996. <laughs> are they not? And speaking of attire, for those of you who are watching along, how do you like my mucker father shirt? I love it. Let's take a listen to this package here. You know, folks. I've been on the road my whole life. I'm going to wind this up. That was my last fight, man. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> I made a promise to my little kid, Colton, that I was quitting, and I was giving it all up. Well, the battle's really got big right now. Fighting for all he's worth. Hogan stopped the crowd with that offensive flurry. And I thought you took off with your family and were at peace with yourself. I made a promise to my boy, and then you, you had to come out, make me break my promise to my little boy. What lie did you tell your son when you said that you would retire, that you said you'd be the, the father you're supposed to be? Terry, I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart, man. Don't do nothing. Just let me go home, man. Bringing family out here. Bringing your boy out here. Don't tell me that you don't know what you're doing. You people better shut up or something real bad might happen. Roddy, wait, wait a minute. You don't, you don't have to do this in front of your son. 
You don't need to be humiliated like this. I just want to get out of here, okay? I, I don't blame you. You make me sick because you're hiding behind a kid. So why don't you just pack it up and get out of my sport? Okay. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hey, did you go to Geico yet? Get a quick quote. See how much you can save for free at Geico.com. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for GoliathLife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes, and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. What are you waiting for? Hurry up and go to SaveWithConrad.com. Hurry up and start saving money. That's what we're talking about. Keeping more of your own money. That really is what we do with SaveWithConrad.com. How's this for starters? No house payments for two months. And when it comes time for you to start making payments two months from now, it's going to be the best deal you ever had. You see, not only are we going to get you the best interest rate you ever had, we're also going to help you get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. Now, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but if you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much. And I'm sure you know by now your house is worth more than ever before. Why not use that newfound equity to get rid of your private mortgage insurance? That PMI, as we like to call it, could save you hundreds of dollars each and every month, and you could be paying it unnecessarily. Stop giving your money away. Get rid of your PMI. Get the best rate you ever had. And hey, if you've got credit card debt, what are you doing? The average interest rate is over 19% on credit cards in America, and you know you can do better than that. Plus, the interest you pay on a credit card is not tax deductible. So not only can we get you a better rate, but a greater tax deduction too. 
If you can get a lower monthly payment and a greater tax deduction and save tens of thousands of dollars by paying your house off faster, why wouldn't you? Hurry, find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And that's right, don't forget, skip your next two payments at SaveWithConrad.com. So a nice little package about Roddy Piper and his promise to his son, Colton. That was a little, uh, heartstring sort of bit there. I kind of dug that man. It gives you a, a different context for Roddy Piper. I would love to have a conversation with Colton right now as, as an adult. Didn't he get into MMA? Am I? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I would love to have a conversation with Colton and to see how much of that moment he actually remembers. I'm sure he's seen it, you know, over and over again as a young kid or as an adult, but I, I have mixed emotions about that. And then I'm thinking, well, what a fucking hypocrite because I fired Randy Anderson in front of his kids. <laughs> so, you know, now I, I'm, I'm going to defend myself to a degree and suggest that you now Randy Anderson's kids were a little older, probably could understand that this is all pretend it's not real. Hulk and, and, and Roddy are, are friends, or from Colton's perspective, Hulk and Daddy are friends. But this is all make-believe. But, you know, Colton looked to me like he was about five years old there. Yeah. Six. And it's a little harder for a five- or six-year-old to process that than it is <clears throat> for an eight- or ten-year-old. Time you're eight or ten, you can kind of get it. But that, you know, i got to ask him how, how he felt about that. Because, you know, and you're up there in front of, you know, Three, 4,000 people. It's, it's different. I hope we didn't create any scar tissue there. Let's take a listen to what Dean's saying as he's finishing up. Ah, we missed it. But the gist is he's getting ready for super brawl. He's going to be taking on six. Of course, six is Sean Waltman. And, uh, they're trying to tell the story that Dean Malenko was trained by his father. And it turns out so was Sean Waltman. Of course, Dean's father was uh, a pretty prolific trainer down in Tampa and Waltman gave him credit for being trained, uh, by Mr. Malenko. And, and the storyline here is that six is going to claim that he's his, uh, Dean's dad's star pupil. The idea being your dad did a better job training me. Your dad taught us both and I'm still better. I'm the apple of your dad's eye, all that nonsense. But what we're seeing right now is a real treat. And Eric, you may not even recognize this. But who Dean Malenko is wrestling here on Nitro in 1997 is the international legend, Robbie Brookside. This is such a treat to see Robbie Brookside here. And I know that a lot of our younger listeners probably have no foggy idea who Robbie Brookside is, but boy, you ask a guy like, like Steven Regal or anyone who grew up as a fan of, you know, wrestling in the UK, buddy, he is regarded as one of the all-time best and you're getting him here 25 years ago. So he's like, I don't know, 29, 30 years old. So this is, you know, at his peak physical condition here, his physical prime. And he had a a series of matches here in February of 97 with WCW. It's, it's a real cool thing to see him wrestling Dean Malenko and nitro, especially in hindsight. I wonder why we didn't hold on to him, man. Cause he's got a great look. He's, he can move obviously. I wonder why we didn't hold on to him. You know, who knows, man, it's one of those things where timings, everything. And, and, and that may have been the story with, with Brookside, but you know, when, when I was trying to trying to figure out what we're going to talk about this year and I saw this 
Nitro in the lineup. Not only is it the go home for Super Brawl, we're going to have some great storyline stuff in here. And man, I just love everything Dean Malenko does. And we both think the world of Waltman. So we're going to get a preview of all that big pay-per-view extravaganza, but Robbie Brookside too, dude, this is just awesome stuff. Yeah. Next time I, I, I run into Regal, I'd like to get some more background on, on Robbie Brookside, as well as a lot of the other UK wrestlers. You know, the U, UK has had a much bigger influence on the American wrestling scene than I've have given it credit for over the years, you know, and again, now I have the luxury of sitting back and watching and just analyzing it from, from a fan perspective, so to speak. Um, and I think, about, I think about things a lot differently, but you go back to, you know, go back to Billy Robinson, mm. you know, kind of where I grew up as a, as a kid, as a fan, you know, in Minneapolis, 14, 15, 16 years old, I loved watching Billy Robinson. You know, and, and I'm sure there are many, many more big names from the past and even names that aren't so big that still had a big influence on the domestic product. And Let's listen to knows more here. about that than Regal does. That is what you call yourself now, ain't it, Dean? I got a few things I want to straighten out with you right now. I've listened to you for the last couple of weeks, Mr. Bland, man. Now it's time you listen to me. You think I don't have any respect or gratitude because you and your old man trained me? Well, pal, your old man's dead, and that respect and gratitude died with him because I never liked you anyhow. Whoa. That's pretty heavy. See, again, boy, these guys are pushing these personal buttons. And if I got to come down ringside and steal this belt just to get a shot, then that's what I'll do, because you've been ducking me ever since you knew I was coming in here. So, as far as that respect and that gratitude for you, I got it for you right here. And there he goes. Well, he pushed enough buttons because Malenko is going out of the arena right now, following Six out the entranceway. So the story here, of course, is uh, Six is sporting Dean Malenko's cruiserweight title, but he stole it. And I'm sure the NWO would say, well, possessions, nine tenths of the law. Uh, so they're going to wrestle for it at super brawl. And this is the go home episode for super brawl, but this is what we're most known for. Piper live from the rock as he awaits Hollywood Hulk Hogan in six days. Yes. This is the famous Alcatraz episode. What a big time show. Oh, I love that shot. As we come back from commercial of the set there with all the nitro logos and and there's uh, Larry Z and uh, Tony Schiavone. Hypothetically, who would have been in charge of sort of laying out all those shots as you go in and out of the break like that? Craig Leathers. Yeah. That would have been the director. Um, and, you know, it's hats off to Craig and the team because it wasn't just the, the camera shot itself, but the type of lenses that they used. Sometimes we'd have to use a wider angle lens in a smaller venue like this to kind of give the appearance on a couple of the shots, not all of them. We didn't have wide angle lenses on all the cameras, but on the boom camera, for example, the jib, as they call it, um, that one had a, a slightly wider angle because it gave you the sense of the, the arena being you know bigger than it really was. We did that a lot in Disney. That's when we kind of really perfected that. And this was, I mean, this was an arena at a state fairgrounds. This was not typically built for television that arena. It was built for dog shows and 
cattle shows and shit like that. But um, they made it look really good. And Craig and, and the entire team, the lighting had a lot to do with it. It's a team effort. So the NWOs out here are costing Larry Zabisco. Uh, let's take a listen. To go on the reports we've heard. Let me what? tell you right now, we got us a tape of the whole incident. And when you watch this, this will clearly, clearly tell you that the acquisitions, accusations that you guys have made against us don't fit, then you must acquit. <laughs> yeah, because a picture's worth a couple of hundred words At there. Least. You've Tough got guy. videotape of this? Of- yeah, it's right there. All right, well, we will say, hey, Larry, come on, we've got a broad. Come on now. Can we get some security up here? It's Larry, come on, we got a broadcast. So there's a standoff here, and the fans are into it. Scott Hall and Larry Zabisco are threatening to get into the ring. Larry wanted to get into the ring so bad, too. He hated this. He hated this. Put your headset up. That's exactly what they want you to do. Well, we got a broadcast. All right. We'll go to the- hey, man, it worked. It got Larry Zabisco over with this crowd. And at this point in 1997, you know, he's regarded mostly as an announcer. He's a few years past his in-ring stuff. And... Man, that whole Scott Hall thing that made Larry Zabisco feel like a million bucks. I'm sure. And in an interview since we've heard Scott Hall say that he was sort of returning the favor because when Scott Hall was very, very green and trying to quote unquote, get over instead of just wrestling a squash match, Larry Zabisco took him to a time limit draw in a time where that meant a lot that, Hey, this former world champion, Larry Zabisco couldn't beat this young upstart Scott Hall. It meant a lot to Scott. Scott never forgot it. And according to Scott, he campaigned for more segments like this. Not only did it make for great TV, but I'm sure it was a nice way for Scott to feel good about paying back a guy who helped him once upon a time. Scott is a very, very loyal person. You know, like all of us, he's got his flaws. He's had his issues. Probably still does just like I do. We all do. But if you ask me, you know, to name five of the most positive characteristics about Scott Hall, his loyalty is probably at the very top. He's a very loyal guy. And it's something you don't see in a lot of businesses or even people anymore. Much respect for Scott Hall. So we've got, uh, the, uh, French Canadians out here and the public enemy and the public enemy brought tables to the ring. Uh, I actually kind of like this and and I I can't really explain why it is stupid. It is hokey. It is silly, both tag teams, but for whatever reason, I mean, it got over, look at the crowd there. That's it. That's it. I mean, this is where, you know, I think a couple shows ago, you know, we got off on some, I got off on some kind of a tangent about overanalyzing or trying to apply too much logic to a product that is kind of fucking illogical from the get go. Right. I mean, it's just entertainment, folks. That's all it is. It's just entertainment. And I'm with you. You know, I'm not a big fan of, you know, tables and silliness and all that garbage cans under the ring. But if you're going to use a table and that's part of your brand as a tag team you're known for, 
then it makes a lot more sense to me that you bring the table out with you as opposed to <laughs> look what I found a table under the ring. Yeah. That so makes I, sense. I get it. I, I, I like it. And look, this is just fun. That's all this is, is fun. And people are reacting accordingly. Did you forget yet? Come on. Geico.com. So if you have a pet, you know, they're part of the family and fuzzy knows there's nothing that compares to coming home to a wiggle, butt or waking up to soft purrs. And that's why we want to keep our pets healthy and make them as happy as us. Fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24 seven access to personal pet care from veterinary professionals, from everyday questions to middle of the night emergencies. Fuzzy has the answers that pet parents need through live chat and virtual vet consultations available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Fuzzy can answer your pet questions, big and small, urgent and every day. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact right products for your pet, all of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at discounts exclusive to fuzzy members from getting your pet's diet just right to meeting their middle of the night needs to finally figuring out what makes their breath smell that way. Nothing is too big or small for a quick fuzzy call right now. Fuzzy is offering our listeners a free seven day trial membership. Go to yourfuzzy.com slash 83 weeks today to sign up. That's a free seven day trial at yourfuzzy.com slash 83 weeks. And for a limited time, Fuzzy is also offering a special discount of $20 off any of your pet's product needs, pet meds, supplements, food, and more with promo code 83 weeks. That's yourfuzzy.com slash 83 weeks for your free trial of Fuzzy with access to 24 seven personalized pet care and vet recommended products. Hey, here's a heads up. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel like stress, anxiety, or pain feels is a better way to feel better. And if you're struggling with sleeplessness or nervousness, or just looking to relieve some pain without the harmful side effects, we recommend feels feels as a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free and delivered directly to your door. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness, and there's no hangover or addiction. You place a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Now, the thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important and really everyone's dose is different. In fact, feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you can find your perfect dose. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure that you get the best use out of your CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save time and money on every order, and you can pause or cancel anytime. So start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash 83 weeks, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com slash 83 weeks to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping that's feels.com slash 83 weeks that's f-e-a-l-s.com slash 83 weeks that's feels.com slash 83 weeks by the way we're seeing tag teams in the crowd uh watching on uh we saw the faces of fear sitting shirtless in the stands which is kind of fun just watching and now we saw scary sherry talking to booker t and uh Stevie Ray. And of course the public enemy, they're not going to let 
these French Canadians get through their whole national anthem. Instead, they're going to put a stop to that and do some comedy spots here. I want to mention Meltzer said Dean Malenko beat Robbie Brookside in a match where the mat wrestling was good, but it had no built nor, nor build as what he meant. I think, uh, and, uh, no crowd reaction. Brookside and doc Dean are two British wrestlers brought in by regal. So there you go. You called it. Uh, this may have been a regal thing and it very much was. Uh, he also would say that he felt like the, the hall and Nash confrontation with Larry Zabisco had great heat. I think we all agree just to add context to what they were holding in their hand and what they were talking about. This is the episode where we've heard that someone has taken out the Steiners, but we don't know exactly what happened. We're going to see the whole car wreck with the Steiners on this same episode. I told you it was a load of nitro. So many great and memorable things. Uh, going down here on this nitro. And unfortunately, a lot of fans right now heading for the bathrooms or so it seems or the concession stands. Cause you see a ton of traffic across from the hard cam, which is kind of distracting. Yeah. I feel bad for the talent. You know, when, when that kind of thing happens, but again, it, a lot of it had to do with the configuration of that building in the small building. So you constantly have people coming in and out. I went to the Rolling Stones concert a couple months ago. And I had to make three or four trips to the bathroom during the concert. Um, it happens, but depending on where the exits are and how you can enter and exit, you know, the venue, it, when it's right up through the hard camera and it's visible, it's kind of hard to watch from home or distracting. But if you're the talent and you're seeing people filing out during the heat of your match, eh, kind of distracting and depressing, I would think, but guys got through it. They're pros. Hypothetically, how many, uh, Coors lights were ingested during that uh, concert for the Rolling Stones? Um, I only had probably, I mean, fucking beers are like $22 a piece. Oh, that, like, that, that'll occur a bit. Yeah. Just out of principle. It's not that I couldn't have, you know, <laughs> it, it, that it, is crazy like, though. Yeah. I am not buying 22 bucks for a fucking beer. So I got high instead. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. And we see, uh, the big double down here with the French Canadians and the public enemy and Rocco rocks, trying to get fans into it. You know, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about public enemy, probably a creation of Paul Heyman's one of the first acts that really helped put ECW on the map. They parlayed that popularity into a run here with you guys and, uh, probably had the, the most financial success of their career, Johnny grunge and Rocco rock. Unfortunately, neither one of those guys with us anymore. Rocco rock though, was unanimously loved amongst the boys. Was he not? He was, and he was a legit badass. I think he was a golden gloves boxer. Um, at, at, b- before he got into wrestling. Um, but it just a great guy to be around again, never had any issues at all with them. They were always professional. Um, always had fun, you know, interacting with them. It was never challenging. Um, miss him. I think the business misses him. They, they were entertaining and they could work their asses off. So sad that, uh, just five years after this, he would, uh, lose his life at just 49 years old. It's crazy. Isn't it? Golly, man. Just way too early. He was still wrestling at 49 years old, but, uh, unfortunately suffered a heart attack and, and that's all she wrote. But the fans here, man, they're ready to see a table spot. That's what they want. And, and when you're. You got a public enemy match. That's what you're expecting. That's what you're looking for. Look at this crowd. If you're not, if you, if you're not watching along with us, as soon as it got, the match got to that point where, uh, grunge and, and rock started making their way outside of the ring. It was like, okay, here it comes to your point, Conrad. And they all stood up 
Like everybody's waiting for this spot. Great call. They knew it was coming. Right after being nailed. He comes over the table. <laughs> and now Jacques Rougeau from behind. Well, could have been the back of Will. Oh, what a great line by Tony. The crack I heard, you hope, or whatever, you heard, I hope, is the table only, meaning I hope that wasn't his yeah. bones. What a nice little, it's a little thing, but that, that really worked. And look at this crowd. Again, if, you, if you're not watching along with us, everybody in this arena is on their feet. Waving their arms. Cheering on. Well, not Oh, I've got that awful, awful WWE edit. I just love seeing Haku and Barbarian sit in front row ringside with no shirts on in their gear. That's how they roll, man. They, they, it's it's Florida. <laughs> it's Florida. Oh, take a listen. Here's DDP. I wonder what he's got to say about what's going on. On Nitro, Diamond Dallas Page. I don't know if uh, if I've been under a, a rock or behind a log somewhere, but. Earlier on, I happened to see from the NWO, Big Bubba Rogers get Pearl Harbored, and you wouldn't have any idea who might have done this dastardly deed. Bu- Bubba? You, you saw what happened to him. He got knocked. I just walked in the door 10 minutes ago. Wait, are you trying to convince me, Paige, for a second, Wait, that tell, you didn't have... Tell, tell me what happened. Big Bubba Rogers, somebody nailed him from behind and took him down. As a matter of fact, I understand he was hauled away in an ambulance. This man is out of action. Big Bubba. No. But are, you, are you looking at me? What, are you, are you denying you had no involvement in this uh, particular incident? Man, I, in wrestling, the bottom line is, Gene, you know it's very competitive, but I would never want to ever see anything serious happen to a, a competitor. I would... I would, I would never. Now, what are you talking about? Are you, are you putting me? Are you putting? Is this a, a different Diamond Dallas Page that I've seen? I see a lot of sincerity here, but are you certain? Are you trying, trying to pull? To, so, so you're trying to you're trying to pin this on me? Is that what you're saying? I'm not. But if you did it, you confess up. I don't think anybody would blame you for taking a shot at one of the members of the NWO. I certainly wouldn't. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I strictly, I strictly came here to see Pee Wee Herman. And Nick Patrick. Okay, uh, what about San Francisco this Sunday night? Any thoughts on that? You just telling me Bubba's hurt, so I don't know about anything for you know when it comes to thoughts about that. I'm, I'm worried about Bubba. Well, I'm going to talk to Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco, and hopefully I can get that. You had nothing to do with it. I got nothing to do with it, man. A very different Diamond Dallas page on this particular Monday night. Stay tuned. We're live from Tampa. This is Nitro. So the storyline is: Did he drop Ray Trailer? or big Bubba, whatever we're calling him here with the diamond cutter, because all of a sudden when the NWO turned around, he was, uh, well, not upright and he gets carted out. So we'll see what happens. See what a, a great job Gino did there in that promo. I mean, he, he told the story. Yes. He contextualized everything in a way that allowed page not to have to say too much. That's a perfect illustration of less is more working really well. Page would have, the more page would have talked, the less effective that promo would have been um, due to the nature of it. So, I mean, Gene is, gosh, you know, when you watch backstage promos today in any company, and it's not the talent's fault. It's the way that the 
promos are structured and the scripts are written, but nothing ever feels genuine. Nothing ever feels authentic. And again, it's not the talent's fault. It's the way those scenes are being produced. And I wish they would feel more real because it would enhance everything about the show. Everything would mean more if those backstage promos felt authentic and not so canned. Prince Ikea is out here and this Your guy, you love him, brother. You love him. You you're the president of the Prince Ikea fan club in Alabama. Why would you do that? Why would you say that? And Reach look who it Conrad is at Conrad Thompson at <laughs> Prince Take a look at this. William Regal, man. He's at his best right here. Sporting the TV title. Oh, let's take a listen. All right. I wanted to catch you here, if I could, Lord Stephen Regal, in light of the fact that you're going to be going to the ring for a title defense against this youngster, Prince Ayakia. I know as the rest of the world, you're looking to this coming Sunday night and your world television title defense against the brilliant star out of Mexico, Rey Mysterio Jr. Are you going to make an example out of this young man here tonight? I said five months ago when I beat Lex Luger for this world television championship that I would fight and wrestle anyone in the world, whether it be in their back garden or in any ring, in any arena. And I have done just that. This young gentleman's gonna get his chance tonight. Good for him. Now, let's get to Rey Mysterio Jr. After last week's woeful performance, now let's face facts, if he'd have been one of the seven dwarfs, he'd have been bloody dopey, wouldn't he? He should stay at home with the other bloody six and Snow White and do some thinking, Sunshine, because if you get in the ring with me, you won't be five foot four anymore because I'll stretch you that bloody far they'll be able to make a handrail for the Great Wall of China with you. I believe he said woeful, Tony. I believe he did. I believe you're Any right. Any further thoughts, Lord Stephen? Any further thoughts? Well, apparently you've got something on the tip of your tongue. When you're in as perfect physical condition as I am at a nice trim... 18 stone, two pounds. What more thoughts do I need? 18 stones, two pounds. The swagger that he has here, the character work that he's had, the facials. I think people forget how freaking great Regal was. I mean, that was a, a phenomenal performance as far as getting over his character. Was it not? It was, it was and at various times, you know, in WCW, we kind of turned up the volume on that Lord Steven Regal character and it, it got silly and it was very comedic. I, I kind of liked it at, at this level. It, it was still a strong part of his character, but it didn't, it, it wasn't overwhelming to the point of being kind of too much, but Steve Regal, man, if you get a chance, if you're out there, if you're a wrestling fan and you go to a convention or an autograph signing, anywhere in the, in the world, really. And you get a chance to spend some time with Steve Regal. You owe it to yourself to spend as much time with him as you can. This is a guy that has a perspective on the, I don't know how old he was when he started wrestling. He was in his teens. He's only he's 28 here. Of, he's only 28. Huh? He's as, he's this good at 28. Yeah. And he's probably got 10 years of experience or more, more on him at this point. And he's wrestled all over the world at this point. He's wrestled in India. He's, you know, wrestling, we all think of wrestling, and I'm guilty of this, you know, we all grow up watching wrestling. We think it's a, you know, a, a United States kind of phenomenon. Wrestling has been popular all over the world for a long, long time. 
on social media, I've joined a couple of different groups and I, I love looking at the old wrestling posters. Yes. You know, they're promoting events. I just love looking at them. There's something about it. It's like the hatch show prints. I'm not a big country music fan, but every time I go through Nashville, I love looking at the collection of hatch show prints and the same thing with wrestling and, and wrestling has been so big around the world. And, and Steve Regal is a student of it and participated in it. So if you ever cross paths with them, you owe it to yourself to spend some time. Hey, y'all, did you go to geico.com yet? What's the hold up? You got a house, you got a car, you need to bundle them. You need to save It's geico.com. It's Monday. You know what that means? This episode is sponsored by blue chew. Say it with us. Blue chew. Blue chew was making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door, all in a discreet package. Now, the process is simple. You'll sign up at bluechew.com. And then you'll consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, well, you'll receive your prescription within a few days. Now, the best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and the right strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? Well, that's no problem here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. They prepare and ship direct, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. If you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try bluechew for free. Use our promo code 83 weeks at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is 83 weeks to receive your very first month for free. And we thank bluechew for sponsoring today's podcast. He's going to be hooking it up with Prince Ikea here. And this is the match that made me hate Prince Ikea. I want to add some context the first time I can see him actually wrestling for WCW was back in May of 1996. He did WCW Saturday night pretty routinely, but this is only his third nitro appearance. He lost to Kevin Sullivan in a minute and 22 seconds in June of 96. He lost to DDP also on nitro. In a minute and 39 seconds in July of 1996, but we haven't seen him on nitro since July. Yes. He's been on pro the syndicated show. Yes. He's been on worldwide, the syndicated show. Yes. He's been on Saturday night, but here he is wrestling for the television title on nitro. And they're going to go three minutes and 32 seconds. And it's this match that made me forever. Hate Prince Ikea. Why? What happened in this match? What, well, what I loved Regal and I have an irrational hate for Prince Ikea. I'm sure he's a great guy. He has a phenomenal look. He's in tremendous shape. Seems to be a decent enough professional wrestler, but and he's I, wrestling barefoot for crying out loud. Give him some props. Do you imagine how hard that would be? Not arguing, not arguing at all, but look at Regal. Everything he does, he makes everything matter more. He's talking about it being the palm strikes and. I, that's a guy we should, we should try to get him on a show one day and just pick his brain because to your point, he's wrestled everywhere. He started when he was a kid, he's had some real life experiences. He's had some real struggles. He's overcome those and become, I mean, he was really the face of NXT and developmental and WWE recruiting for 20 years. But before that, man, his, his work as the commissioner, 
his work as a professional wrestler. When you talk about guys who can do it all, a real Jack of all trades, guys like Bobby Heenan come to mind because Bobby was, uh, you know, his selling as a wrestler was unbelievable, but then his manager work and his commentator work, he was great at everything that you had him do. Regal is the exact same dude. And I think it's probably like William Regal, Bobby Heenan, and, and, and Mr. Regal, uh, or, or Mr. Foley is like probably three of the guys who belong on the Mount Rushmore of Jack of all trades in wrestling or something like that. I agree. I agree. What a wealth of knowledge Steve is. And you know, some of the other names you mentioned as well, Mick Foley, I mean, they, they've just been everywhere. They've seen everything. Oh, and take a look. He's, he's taunting Ray Mysterio sporting the Spider-Man mask and out he comes. Let's take a listen. Mysterio, I pick on some of my own size. Ray Mysterio Jr. In a size category of his own, but that does not measure his talent nor his heart. Come on. An arrogant cover. Come on. One, two, three. Hey. Hey. Did we get a three? He won the championship, Prince Ayakaya. That was under the 10-minute time limit. Look at Regal selling. Look at his facials. <laughs> so well done. Prince Ikea has just stolen the television title. He was distracted by Regal was distracted by Ray Mysterio. And now he's got some issues with the ref. Of course, uh, Pee Wee pushes him back. Oh my gosh. Look at there. Chunky Teddy long coming out to congratulate Prince Ikea. Teddy long at different times. Looked like different human beings. Yeah. T- Teddy, Teddy looked like he ate a couple people out in the parking lot before the show right there. Teddy was on the Conrad diet back then, but, uh, you should see him now though, man. He's in the gym. I don't know how old Teddy is, but he's knocking on 70, I think. And he's in the gym. He's working out. He's working with a small independent promotion and, and doing well. I miss Teddy. He's a fun dude. You ever hung out with Teddy? No, I've never spent any time with him. Damn, We got to fix that. We got to fix that. Look at this Valvoline sponsorship. We talk about it every week. We watch one of these old nitros, but they wrote a check one time. And here we are still seeing their commercial 25 years later. Good on them. But yeah, Prince Ikea is your new TV champion and Meltzer. Uh, of course, uh, he had a theory on this. Uh, he said the Prince Ikea, the real life, Mike Hayner is actually a Dean Malenko student. And he says, uh, Ikea is expected to drop the strap to Mysterio at the cow palace. The idea is that the undercard belts would be held by Malenko or six, Eddie Guerrero and Mysterio jr, which pretty much guarantees three hot title matches at the house shows and pay-per-view cards. I kind of dig that, you know, you, you still got your stars and let your stars be your stars, uh, as we're getting ready to kick off hour two here, but man, if you know, you've got title matches and Eddie Guerrero and Ray Mysterio and Dean Malenko or six are going to be in, in actions and separate matches. You're going to have a damn good house show. Yeah, you are amazing talent. Let's listen to uh, the guys. And by the way, before we go into this, I think I, I looked good in that match. Oh, he did. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've had a lot of fun, you know, just tongue in cheek, but man, he was, I've been unfair to him. It's a bit for the show. I'm sure in real life, he's a great guy, but as a kid, I was like, damn it. I like Regal. I wanted to see Regal and Mysterio, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. Let's see how I'm Tony's sorry. trying to set the stage here and sent away. Well, he just dropped like a, like a bag of lead weight just disappeared. The NWO, they got to be. Did you hear that weasel chant? Yeah. My goodness. I mean that weasel chant and Larry, you got some over announcers here in this era, dude. 
Larry was doing a great job. Larry, Larry transitioned from a in-ring performer to an announcer probably as well or better, at least as well, if not better than most of the people who have attempted it. Larry was really, he could tell a story. He understood the psychology. You know, he was still credible enough to, you know, create a scene like we saw with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash at the announce booth, you know, because he was still, you know, people still looked at Larry as a capable as a capable man to defend himself. It's a problem like with someone like Tony or me, you know, once you got into a confrontation with the wrestler, you, you know, you couldn't bow up number one, you know, in, in a real situation, you'd get your head knocked off. And number two, it took away from the talent. So you had to kind of cower and, you know, stand back and let them abuse you. But Larry had the ability to stand up and go toe to toe with him and the crowd reacted accordingly. Here comes my man. Look at Nick Star Patrick. Star of the show. Full blown Kenny Powers. Let's track it. Well, Tony, this should be Mama's a very interesting cry. matchup. The babies of course, are going to cry. We've seen Nick Patrick involved in a matchup with Chris Jericho. Crying where Jericho actually had his Randy hands tied behind his back. Patrick. But if Patrick <laughs> is looking past Randy Anderson. You own your home? Go to Geico.com. Do you rent your home? Go to Geico.com. Do you have a car? Go to Geico.com. Want to save some money? Go to Geico.com. I wish Mike today would have just laid out and let Nick Patrick get over that silliness because yeah. we've got a, a referee match. This is real. Uh, Randy Anderson <laughs> is going to be wrestling Nick Patrick here. As a reminder, Nick Patrick has become a heel referee for the NWO. And, uh, of course, uh, Randy Anderson tried to right the wrongs back at sold out. He was fired as a result. And let's listen. Let's track it here. Although it, it takes, you have to really be in great physical. Yes, that was pyro for Randy Anderson. We know how to tell a story and how to fill, how to, uh, fill an, an entertaining segment here. If I was backstage at this show, I would be surprised if all the guys weren't gathered around the monitor just to see what the hell this was. Oh, they had absolutely. And how much fun do you think Randy's having right now? The, a blast. Let's take a listen here. Let's just track it. It's only going to be 21 seconds. Grandparents all watching at home on pins and needles because simply put, dad's job is at stake tonight. Absolutely. Here we go. And he better finish him off quick because I understand that TV is rented. All right. He is being handed something here by Jimmy Jet. Uh-oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. Fight fire with fire. Jimmy Jett handed him something. Jimmy Jett is a WCW official, Yes, right? he is. <laughs> Patrick's got his glass on. He don't think he'll get hit. Probably keep him on. He might not hit you. I, <laughs> if he connects with this, and that's a big question, if. Look, if he was just measuring him. He's just measuring him right now. He's waiting for his opening. They're standing here chanting Randy's name. Here in Tampa, they are behind him. Oh! Down he goes. Randy Anderson came prepared. One, two, three. So not only did Jet count, but Randy counted too. And in case you missed it, uh, the WCW referee, Mr. Jet, actually handed Randy Anderson, quote unquote, brass knocks. Uh, let's take a listen here because I think we've got some news. Done. Uh-oh, here what? comes the boss. He looks mad. He looks real mad. Oh, my God. This will be interesting. No, it's not going to be. What do you think you're doing? 
You knocked him out. What is this? What is that? You know better than that. You used to be a referee. Hey, he won the match. You used to be a referee. Used to be is the word. You won nothing. And you, I saw it. Let me, let me tell you what you won. No, you just won a permanent vacation. And you are fired. Fired. Wow. Spell it F-I-R-E-D. You are fired. This is sick. Is, Leave the building now. He is now. reneging from now. a verbal agreement. Now. You're fired. He can do whatever he wants, I guess. The man's power hungry. That is not fair. It's a very... And take those with you. It's a very sad case for our sport. So really a great little story. It's, it's a nice thread that we've kept going for a few weeks. And you go over to a unconscious prone Nick Patrick and pick his wrist up and raise it, indicating that he's the real winner. Meanwhile, outside the ring, the WCW referees raising Randy Anderson's arm. This is fun stuff, man. I know it's a little silly. It's a little campy. It's a little hokey, but this is what we loved about wrestling back then. <laughs> I'm just watching as I'm trying to drag Nick Patrick. It's hilarious. Watching. I'm trying to drag Nick Patrick out of the ring. And of course he's too heavy for me. So I just drop him. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just wish. I wish I had a chance to talk to Randy and ask him, how much fun did you have in that match, brother? No doubt. You, Randy, Randy was never a guy. I never saw Randy laughing and smiling a lot. He was always kind of serious. Um, I didn't hang out with him socially, so maybe he was more lighthearted then. But, man, I got to look at him in the ring, man. He was having a blast. Might have been the most fun he's probably had in the business, you know, in terms of being in the arena. But that was cool. Glad we saw that. Let's, uh, run through some news and notes here. As we see Lee Marshall doing the, uh, 1-800-COLLECT on the road tees. Uh, and it's fun to see how some of this stuff shook out. Meltzer would write, we've got all the results of the Orlando syndicated tapings. Absolutely nothing of note. Ernest Miller is the former new England Patriots player who's being groomed for a possible position in the glacier deal. The glacier deal is pretty well acknowledged by everyone as a major flop, but it'll keep going. Because it's Eric Bischoff's brainchild. I didn't know Ernest Miller played for the Patriots. Yep. How about that? He's the real deal, brother. It still is. He's still competing in martial arts tournaments today. And I, I I wouldn't want to piss him off. That's for sure. Uh, it's also written here that, uh, the New York times is going to have a short feature on the power plant, uh, that would have, I guess, ran the day before. It was about 10 guys showing up for tryouts at 6:30 AM, all of whom didn't make it all of whom threw up a few times on the way to nowhere. Uh, you would also see that extra was doing a feature on the Monday night wars and Meltzer would say the story was said to have been fair, complete with the exaggerated stats. They said pro wrestling was a $360 million a year industry in the U S but adding up everything you'd be, you couldn't even with a liberal exaggeration hit 150 million. Each channel is next on the exact same story. So the ratings are getting people's attention, but that to me jumped off the page. Meltzer says it would be $150 million. That would be an exaggeration. I don't buy no, he's that. Wrong. He's, he's, he's absolutely, again, this is a, 
a perfect illustration of Dave's stupidity and ignorance. Ignorance in a literal sense, lack of knowledge and information is what really ignorance means. And that's a perfect illustration of Dave's. If you look at WCW 1997, our gross revenues, and I'm, you know, I could be wrong about this. I'm going to suggest that they were probably WCW alone. We more than likely had over $125 million in, in revenue and WWE, and this is something that you know often gets lost in the whole Monday Night Wars debate and discussion. While we, WCW, Nitro, defeated WWE 83 weeks in a row, over 100, I think it was 104 weeks in total during the Monday Night War era, um, they were still generating more revenue than we were. So if WCW was at, there's George Steinbrenner, conservatively, uh, let's call it 125 to $145 million, WWE was way ahead of that. WWE had an established, mature licensing and merchandising program that was generating at least 25% of their total gross revenues. WWE was still doing as well or better than we were in pay-per-view. WWE was still doing as well or better than we were in, in house show business, we were just outperforming them on television. We were still playing catch up in a lot of the other revenue streams. So I, I would say that the estimate of the amount of money that wrestling was generating was far closer to being accurate in that piece than Dave's lack of understanding would reflect. But again, he doesn't care. Dave doesn't care whether he's right or he's wrong. He just puts it out as a fact. That's just what he is. Who is this? Is Roadblock, right? We're yes, it is. Like yep. He's oh, wrestling Chris my. Benoit, and Benoit's going to beat him. And Meltzer would say, Boy, that would have never happened in the 80s. And he's exactly right. Back then, it was all about size. And, uh, man, Matt Coon is making short work of Benoit, or so it seems. Uh, Matt Coon, did you say that? Yeah. That's a shout <laughs> out for Matt. Inside, inside joke. Inside joke. Uh, who, by the way, has uh, started doing some podcasting again with wrestling Inc. Our pal Raj over there has Matt Coon on, uh, every now and again to get his take on wrestling. And, uh, that's cool to see Matt living his best life. And, uh, we think the world of Raj and wrestling Inc. So good for those guys. Check it out. If you're having a flavor or a taste for the more modern stuff, what happened on TV this week and what might happen this weekend, wrestling Inc. is a great place to check. I love wrestling. Inc. Um, they probably are more comprehensive every single day than any other website out there. There's no, you know, I, I follow, you know, Wade Keller. I'll check in with Wade every once in a while, PW torch. And, and there are others, uh, Jason Powell, another guy that I have a lot of respect for, uh, but wrestling Inc, man, if you want to know what's going on, wrestling, Inc has got your back. Hey, go to guygo.com. Pass it on. So, uh, Meltzer would even say here for all the people who always vote mankind or Tommy dreamer or Sandman as the best brawler in wrestling, Benoit is in a league above any other when it comes to brawling. And we're seeing that here because they're having a brawling match. Uh, I want to hit a couple more news and notes because we've got that Steiner video coming up and I don't want to miss that, but Meltzer would right here. Arn Anderson may need surgery on his hand. So he'll be out of action for a while with the horseman decimated. It appears a lock that Jarrett will beat McMichael and wind up in the group at least until everyone is healthy. And then they all turn on him. Now he's saying the horsemen are decimated because flair's out of action until at least may, uh, where they're hoping he'll be back in time for the pay-per-view show there, which we know he will with a little help from, uh, Kevin green. 
Uh, but I think this is when he had his rotator cuff surgery. But of course, what we're alluding to with Arn Anderson maybe needing surgery on his hand, that's going to be it for Arn Anderson. We're not going to see him wrestling anymore unless you count that silly nonsense uh, that that he did with with David Flair. But I want to talk about a storyline that um, maybe was supposed to involve Ted Turner here in a moment, but I don't want us to talk over this incredible video that happened with the Steiners and the NWO that became super controversial. Uh, so let's listen to the uh, recap here and, and hopefully, uh, we'll be timing this just right. Doing donuts in a parking lot. Now he's not going any place. There's your winner. Winner. Chris Benoit. How about roadblock kicking out at three too? I thought that was a no, no, but there it was. And we do understand it's very revealing. Okay, this was presented to us earlier. And. Nice town, man. Yeah, sweet. Six. 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 You got it on again? Yeah. Get it on. Let's see. Okay, apparently six is manning the camera here. Hey, Luger's place on the left up here. <laughs> right there. Flex, how you doing? Good for yourself. I'm going to get a close up. Flex, you put a new porch on there. Sweet. Pad flexor. It's WCW territory hey, right here, boy. How we doing on hey, cold they love it. Hey, they love us in the small towns, love us in the big cities. In you guys want something to drink? Yeah, let's get something. Yeah. Let me get a shot of over six. here. Oh, man. Look. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Einstein. Look at Hold it down, man. Don't tip them off. Look at them. What car are they driving? Oh, nice beat. Oh. Toes getting paid around here. Not the Steiners. Oh, damn, bro, we don't need no tracks. I can't be no cops around here. Man, lousy copper, you never catch us alive Better than you. Oh man, was that a complete stop there, Steiner? I don't think so. Me and my brother and my brother and me. <laughs> oh, look, I drove from Georgia down here. Where are they going, Jabrones? Where are they going? I want to get too close. Stay back, see what they're up to. I'd say we give him a little tap ski in Nairobi. <laughs> just, I mean, it'd be polite to say hello. Hey, what do you think? Do you think they're looking for a Super 8 or a Budgetel or something to check Motel out? Six. Motel 6 split and a twin. Yeah. No, double heel. They'll get no, somebody they get else. A single with a cop. Now, this is how you come to complete stop, boys. There was, yes. Right. Check both way. Proceed when clear. Let's see what they're say about. hello. What do you say, boys? I dare you. Dare me? I dare you. Ooh, I dare you. I dare you. Just a little hello. Just a little hello. Hi, guys. Oh, how you doing? Oh, my goodness. Oh, nice shot. Nice comeback. Nice shot. Wow. Good comeback. Get him over there. Get him again. Get him. Oh my goodness. Hey, should we stop? Oh man, turn it off. Oh man. Anybody around? Oh, let's go. Let's go. 
Vance, we're going to come right back. They've gone too far. What a segment. That uh, was awesome. I, I loved it. I can't believe that this is real, but Meltzer was critical of it. They aired a video of Hall and Nash running the Steiners off the road and rolling their car. They used some jump cuts, a ramp that was then erased from video and a stuntman driver, friend of Hogan's to put together the video, which was a creative idea, but it could have been used a lot more effectively. Let's hear how Tony's selling it. And let me say this. Thanks a lot for the videotape. I think what we are seeing right here is nothing less than a criminal act. And, and it's, it's obvious. We do have, we have the footage. Here it is again. <laughs> I mean, there's wanting to take over WCW is one thing. Thinking you're better than the ring is one thing. But going out and trying to purposely put two men out, which they, in effect, have done, is another matter. This was not in the ring, obviously. And I can't believe what we have seen, and we're going to witness this again. Tony, only the NWO is bold enough to pull a dangerous stunt like this. And then to deny blame, they're blatantly lying if they think that tape is going to absolve them of the blame. Who are they kidding? It's not going to absolve them of the blame. It's going to put more blame on them. They're liars. They're punks. That's all they are. This means no one's safe in the building, in the ring, or on the road. They're out there loose. Somebody's got to do something about these people and do it now. And I can't believe a company as big as we are cannot find out the condition of the Steiners. We know that they've been injured. We know they cannot compete. It happened two days ago, but we're not so sure of the extent of the injuries. Let's work on this for crying out loud as a group here. Jason, let's talk to somebody. Craig, let's see exactly the condition these men are in, because I'm going to be honest with you. I think that this is out of the realm of a wrestling ring right oh, now. Of course it is. Of this course is going to be handled somewhere else. You bet. Legal. So we're trying to get the severity of this over. And allegedly there was enough fallout of this, uh, or fallout from this rather that there were tons of cards and letters and phone calls and Turner, I think as the rumor and innuendo goes, didn't want this to be replayed the way you normally would a big hot angle. Uh, we just recently talked about this video with Neil Pruitt over at uh, adfreeshows.com, And he told us the inside baseball of how all the camera work was done and all that jazz, but this is such a memorable moment, uh, in nitro history. What can you tell us about the fallout from that, that little piece of business there? Um, it was some fallout, you know, I, 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 there were people within Turner that were a little concerned, you know, that perhaps we were going too far. They, they didn't understand that we produced it with safety in mind and all of that. And they were just a little concerned and, and there was some, you know, you guys are taking it too far kind of nonsense, but didn't care, really. Didn't bother me. Didn't slow me down. Um, I probably addressed the issue internally, uh, agreeing to not, you know, replay the hell out of it. But it wasn't is that big of a deal, to be honest with you. And as far as anybody critics, I don't want to say this say this douchebag's name too many times throughout the course of a day because it tends to take take me out of my moment. But I mean, when I go off on this idiot and talk about the issues that I have with his coverage to suggest that, well, it was Hogan's buddy who did the stunt and everything that he says, he has to characterize in a way to diminish the impact of that scene. It was fucking cutting edge shit, dude. Yes. It was cutting edge shit. It is an example of what made nitro so successful. 
because we were breaking the formula. We were trying new things. We were elevating the industry as a whole as a result of it. And to feel the need to be critical just because Dave didn't like me or didn't like WCW or really was just trying to get some credibility for himself by, you know, being the, the voice against what was currently happening in Nitro. I, it, it just, it says everything I need to, to say about Dave. I'm proud of that spot. That segment should be I'm proud of the way it was shot. I think it was cool as fuck. It was such a cool segment. Uh, right now we're listening to a, uh, Kevin Sullivan promo. Let's take a listen to the end. Real simple in San Francisco, Benoit, Nancy, we're going to see whose fire is hotter. Yours, mine, Jackie's or Chris's. Let's put our money because on Main Street, the brothers are betting on these two. You know, some are calling you a homewrecker, Miss Jacqueline. I wouldn't, though. You know, Nancy, you try to make something out of Kevin that wasn't right. You out of his life, and I'm back in his life. You're not a woman. You're a little girl. And at the pay-per-view... If you interfere in the match, I'm going to take that leather strap and whip you all around the ring because we're too legit to quit. Too legit to quit. Wait a minute, Miss Jackie, before you leave, one more question. What What, what did you say about woman in the the, the behind part? Nancy, you got a big, fat butt. (laughs) Police! Hey, did you go to Geico.com yet? Boy, we're getting something for everybody in this episode, are we not? You got a big fat butt. What time code are you at, brother? What time code are you at? Uh, 110, 27, 28, 29, 30. Okay. All right. Just a little heady. Okay. I'm good. So now we've got uh, the other British wrestler that Regal helped bring in. This is Doc Dean. He's going to be taking on Kevin Sullivan. Uh, By the way, it was announced here that the Steiners are now obviously off of the pay per view. And the four corners match would now become a triangle match with faces of fear, public enemy and Harlem heat. Um, but they're going to let miss Jackie do some pretty innovative stuff here. Again, I just want to add context. We're first going to see China at in your house, final four. Uh, and that was the, the, uh, WWF pay-per-view, uh, of February, 1997, but that actually happened the day before. So what we're watching is February 17th non nitro that pay-per-view was 24 hours prior. And the way China debuted was by ragdolling Marlena. Now China at the time was on the other side of the guardrail. Marlena was, was inside. Of course, she's managing gold dust. And that's where we would see China ragdoller. I'm pointing this out because right now we see miss Jackie beating up doc Dean on the outside. And here it comes. Throws him into the guardrail, a big clothesline, but we're not done. Let's track it. The lady slam it. She just body slammed him on the outside. And now she's going to go ahead and throw him in and let Kevin Sullivan finish him off. I'm only adding that context because I feel like China gets all the credit for wrestling men and having physicality with men and not in a, oh, I hit him with a shoe or a purse or a low blow. But no, I clotheslined his ass. I body slammed his ass. Jackie did it first pre-China, which I don't think anybody ever talks about. No, and unfortunately, Jackie didn't get the amount of camera time, you know, in the promotion and, and all of that that China did. Uh, Jackie didn't have the best promo. Come on, let's no, be real. No. I thought she was funny. Funny, you know, 
But in the ring, she had so much credibility. And uh, you're right, man. She did it first. There were a lot of we did it first that took place on Nitro. But uh, it doesn't matter, man. As long as everybody's doing it, everybody's making money. Business is growing. We're growing the audience, something I wish more people would pay attention to uh, today because the audience isn't growing. It needs to grow. For wrestling on television to be successful well into the future, it needs to grow its audience. And that's exactly what we were doing here. And Jackie was a big part of it. And again, uh, as she's suplexing uh, him onto the floor now, I realize that it feels like I'm, I'm fanboying out for Jackie and go ahead and call me what it is, but she's doing this in high heels. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't think we, we've celebrated her, her accomplishments enough body slams, suplexes, clotheslines, and it's all happening on the ring mats around the, the ring in high heels. Like, dude, you want to talk crazy. I mean, it's so crazy to think about that. I don't even know how she got down the ramp wearing high heels. That's an accomplishment all by itself. But to to your point, to be able to go out there and participate as in, in, in such a physical way as she did in a legitimate way as she did and high heels is fucking crazy. It's unbelievable. I mean, really remarkable. And, and I hope that, uh, history starts to. Give her a little, a few more flowers, if you will. I, I, I want to talk about the, uh, the car crash angle again, a little bit, because it's such an important angle. It's so memorable. And you know, a lot of times whenever we have a, a really memorable angle like that, everybody's quick to say it was my idea. It was my idea. It was my idea. I don't know whose idea was the whole Steiner NWO run them off the road angle. That was my idea. It's phenomenal, Aaron. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. I'm not sure who came up with that. And again, as you know, as happens so often when I'm asked questions like that, who came up with that idea? It's never one person. Right. It's almost always a collaboration. I, what I would bet if I if somebody you know forced me to, I probably came from Scott and Kevin. That's awesome. Is is, is would be my guess. Uh, I'm sure Craig Leathers had a lot to, to, to contribute and others in terms of the actual production of it. By the way, the stuntman friend of Hogan's, um, you know, he's only really been in the business now for about 30 years. <laughs> uh, he was more than just a stuntman friend. Um, he was a really, really good producer and could orchestrate stunts like that. He wasn't a stuntman himself necessarily, but he could create those. Stunts. Ellis Edwards. Oh, wow. I was wondering, is that Ellis? But I didn't know he That's was. Ellis Edwards. That's yeah. awesome. Ellis great. He started with WCW. Um, and uh, up until just recently uh, has been with WWE. The he's entire time. I mean, think about that. What a career he's had. Comes a man, Conan. So I, I want to briefly mention too, the cow palace was sold out on, uh, at this point. So we're, we're the go home show for super brawl, but it's sold out already. And Meltzer would freestyle in the newsletter that they might open up another 600 t- uh, seats at the last minute. Those would be known in the industry as production kills. WCW is also trying to get into the Knickerbocker arena in Albany in June. Now that's notable because that is very much WWF country. Um, Meltzer would write sting is wanting back in the ring, but the plans as they were, is that still a long way from happening? Do you remember having conversations with sting about him being frustrated with just sitting in the rafters 
I mean, was he? Absolutely not. Again, that's just make-believe. Dave Meltzer, make-believe shit. That was was never an issue. Never an issue. I don't know who would have told him that. And likely he just made it up. But no, that was not an issue at all. Sting was more than thrilled with the direction that we were going and had all of the patience in the world to make it happen. He was just as committed as everybody else was. There was never any conversations about, yeah, I really want to get back into the ring. I really want to pay this off. Nothing. Yeah, when I hear that stuff, it just makes me crazy. So we've got Conan taking on Eddie Guerrero for the U S title here. And as a reminder, this is February 17th. Meltzer would put in the newsletter that the giant was married three days prior Valentine's day. So that Friday. And I think, uh, that's one of those wrestling marriages that stuck. Is it, did it, I mean, how many, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm asking, I'm not trying to be funny. I was, Um, you know what? You are correct. I stand corrected. Uh, they were only married five years. Now he's married to Bess. I assume he was married to Bess back then, but they got married yeah, to two. I thought, I thought there was one. But still, 20 years on the current one, uh, two ain't bad in pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Hey, I want to also mention the, uh, the, the news is out here. We've, we've been teasing it for a while. Thunder is going to become a reality. I don't know that I had a name as of yet at this point. Uh, but Meltzer would say the general response upon the word getting out about a new two hour show within the company was how the hell are we going to pull this off? Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It, it's probably the only accurate thing I've heard out of Meltzer so far for this show. Yeah. I mean, nobody wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to do it, but Ted wanted to do it. So guess what? He did Ted wants to do it. It's going to get done. But TBS didn't want to pay for it. TBS was adamant about not paying for it. There were no license fees back then. You know, and it's funny because people always, you know, some people want to compare WCW to what's currently going going on in some respects. And in terms of revenue and ratings and, you know, WCW was not getting any revenue from from television licensing. It was costing us money to produce this show. So by, you know, the business has changed. Obviously, it's a different world today than it was back then. But, you know, Vince McMahon and WWE and their fans would often, you know, you got Ted Turner's money. It doesn't matter. Bullshit. It mattered. And once Ted decided, and I'll never forget the conversation I had with Harvey Schiller when I got the news. Um, but once Ted decided he wanted to do it, it wasn't a question of if we're going to do it, it was how we're going to do it. And everybody, TBS included Bill Burke, who was in running uh, TBS said, okay, we, we can't wait to have it on our air, but we don't have money in the budget for it. So WCW had to come up with the money in its own budget to provide a show for a network. My, how times have changed. <laughs> It's a great match, by the way. Really good match. We're talking over. I, I do want to uh, ask you something else while we're we're really talking over a great match. Uh, supposedly, Shawn Michaels asked Scott Hall if there was a spot open for him here in WCW, even though he's under a long term contract to the WWF. So Meltzer says, "So don't take that as something that is likely to happen, even if he is frustrated about losing the title and not being in the current cards for him to get it back." Now, what's interesting about this timing of this? is the show we're watching here is from February 17th. 
but a few days prior, I think it was February 13th, the Thursday raw Thursday where raw had been preempted for Monday. That's where Sean lost his smile and forfeited the title. It's interesting to think that he may have now, of course, everybody for forever, including Bret Hart has thought, oh, he's a big faker. This wasn't a substantial injury, blah, blah, blah. He just didn't want to do the job to me. So he dropped the belt. He just forfeited it. So that way he didn't have to lose, but clearly Sean is frustrated with something. If he's actually reaching out to Scott Hall and did he, or didn't he, we don't know, but that word certainly got around and back to Meltzer. Do you remember hearing that he had put his line in the water? Even if he really wasn't contractually able to No, never heard that. And it's probably not true. Likely not true. Look, how would Dave know that? He would only know that if either Scott Hall told him or Shawn Michaels told him. Well, right? uh, unless Scott told some guys at TV and then one of those guys, here's so what it I think becomes, it becomes fifth hand information. Yes. Yes. But I mean, that's the way most wrestling news is too. Uh, most wrestling uh, people, m- most people who have scoops, bro, they don't get a phone call that says, Hey man, I just got out of my meeting with Vince and here's what he said. That's not reality. And in- instead it's. Hey, I heard so-and-so said such and such. And then that game of telephone winds up in a newsletter. I guess. Yeah, it does. And it shouldn't, but it does. And people assume that it's true and it probably wasn't. Um, but that's the narrative, right? That becomes the narrative and the cumulative effect of that bullshit narrative. Cause somebody told somebody that told somebody that told somebody that told Dave is exactly the reason I hate dirt sheets, especially Dave Meltzer's because he thrives off that. He has no access to anybody backstage that matters. He's not in the middle of a meeting. He's not doing any legitimate reporting. He's just reporting things that somebody that told, told somebody that told somebody that told somebody told him. And oftentimes people make that shit up just because they know Dave would write it. Yeah. That's, that's the dirt sheet universe. That's why I despise it as much as I do because it's not positive. It has a negative effect on everything about the business still does to this day. If you like dirt sheet booking, have at it. It doesn't grow the business. You, uh, you spotted him before the cameras acknowledged him, uh, sitting front row ringside, but Meltzer would say among those at the Tampa nitro were George Steinbrenner, Dr. Harvey Schiller and area wrestlers like Brian Blair, Steve Kern, Dory Funk, the Bushwhackers and Ed Leslie. Oh, it's breaking down. Now the faces of fear are out here trying to hook it up with, uh, Eddie Guerrero. So of course we got a DQ. Uh, we're also going to see that famous Roddy Piper interview from Alcatraz that was actually taped the day before on February 16th and Meltzer would throw in the notes here as we see a very young Chris Jericho come out here to try to save Eddie, uh, expect Randy Savage to turn heel and perhaps feud with diamond Dallas page. Well, that's the understatement of the year. They're going to go on to have the feud of the year. Uh, and Meltzer had it here in February. Uh, Eugene Nagata just arrived this week from Japan. His arrival was held up since the beginning of the year due to WCW having its handful of getting, uh, all the foreign wrestler visa problems worked out. Juventud Guerrero finally had his problems cleared up and is in the United States and is a definite now for the cow palace. Supposedly psychosis will return to the cow palace as well, but that's not as definite. Uh, who was in charge of things like this? You know, the, the work visas and whatnot for WCW. That would have gone through either Nick Lambros or Diana Myers. 
Um, more than likely in 97 at this point, it would have been Diana Myers, who was an attorney uh, that was assigned from Turner Broadcasting to cover WCW with Nick Lambros. So, yeah, I would say that was probably, probably Diana Myers. And we see the uh, replay here. There's the big frog splash on Conan and uh, the referee, Brian Hildebrand slides into, into place to make the count, but barbarian pulls Eddie off to stop it. So he's making the save, I guess, for fellow dungeon of doom member Conan. Yeah. I wish I would have done that. We talked about that before Conan and dungeon of doom. Oh, such a mess, but you know, the NWO more than made up for it. Whether you own or rent Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Go to Geico.com today. And, uh, I think we've got uh, a pretty big segment here coming up. Let's track it. Welcome the four horsemen. Is it just me or did, did whoever was writing TV in this era, I guess, primarily Kevin Sullivan, they made sure there was a horseman interview on every single show. Yeah. And that's okay. If the interviews matter, we covered a, an interview. I think it was the last show that we did that looked almost exactly the way this one looks. Let's take a listen to the see way it's set up. Different. Let's track it. Exception for the four horsemen. You can see the continuity. You're back together again. It reminds me of the mid eighties. Me. And yeah, it's because the horsemen are in town and looking, woo, oh, so good. Ladies and gentlemen, let me assure you, the horsemen are reunited. Queen Deborah, woo, looking as old as she can look. And woman, oh woman, won't you marry me now? On the arms of Love Machine himself, Chris Benoit. Gather round, because in weeks to come, we're going to own the wrestling world. Woo! I believe I can smell the excitement in the air. Yes, Art Anderson, your thoughts on everything that's happening right now. What a difference a couple of months make. Man. Was a short time back. NWO was having their way with everybody. Yeah, the horsemen included. I saw guys that I respected sitting on stools, shaking their head, asking themselves, are we gonna be able to come back from this? Well, Eric Bischoff, when you went across, they said that was the coup. That tipped the scales, there was no going back. WCW was a dead issue. But Eric, the one thing, and I'm going to say Mr. Bischoff because you are the boss, the one thing you didn't take into consideration was the character of the very guys that you hired to work for WCWC. That hasn't changed. We're here because we want to be here. The Four Horsemen are here because they're the core of WCW. That hasn't changed. Tonight, I saw one of yours go to the hospital. I saw Larry Zabisco stand up and be a man. I saw Jimmy Jett do the right thing, and Randy Anderson got it again. Well, okay, Eric, 
The bottom line is, Randy Anderson's a friend of mine. We go way back. I got a hundred grand laying around somewhere. You're welcome to it. What I'm telling you, Dungeon of Doom, WCW, and NWO, the horsemen aren't stepping aside for anybody. Steve Mongo McMichael, this coming Sunday in San Francisco, you and Jeff Jarrett, you know what it's all about. That's right, my friend. Tampa Bay, huh? Oh, I used to love coming down here and whipping up on your buccaneers. <laughs> and speaking of losers, did you see how Mongo took care of that dungeon of dud tonight? That match was never in doubt. Hugh Morris, very tough competitor. I hope Jeff Jarrett was watching because this weekend in San Francisco at Super Bowl, your mind, brother. But what I want to know, Missy, is what your mindset's going to be. I just want to say that I have judged in like 100 beauty pageants, Gene. So I know what to look for in a winner. And I mean that Jeff Jarrett is definitely a winner. He has intelligence, he has strength, and he has stamina. So now, though, moving on to you announcers, you guys need to get your act straight. Because last week, I was really concerned that Jeff Jarrett was injured. And if he's injured, he is of no good to the four horsemen. So... Moving on to more of an uglier subject, like Mrs. Jacqueline. Now, I am not the one to gossip, and you didn't hear this from me, but that Miss Jacqueline, she cannot walk in a pair of pumps. I mean, the way she comes hobbling out here in those shoes, it is just pathetic. And like my granny said, that girl is so bow-legged in those pumps, she could not catch a pig in a ditch. Please. Let's get down to business very seriously. You, Kevin Sullivan, Nancy, you're going to be strapped to Miss Jacqueline. It happens this Sunday at Super Brawl in San Francisco and on pay-per-view. Sullivan, you say this is your backyard. You proclaim that we are here and now standing in your house. Well, I'm going to do what I've always done in the past and shall always do in the future to anything you proclaim to be yours. I'm going to kick the door down and make a statement. Oh, but you found yourself. This started out as you versus me, then you versus me and Nancy, then you versus yourself, and you confronted the demons, and you fought the demons, and you found yourself. Sullivan. Over all the peaks, through all the valleys, and through all the black forests, I've never strayed from the path of righteousness. I've always fought for what I believed in. And I will fight to the death for who and what I believe in. This fight is no longer about a three count and getting your hand raised, Sullivan. Don't wrap this up, I'm not done. This fight is about what's in our soul. And to beat me, Sullivan, not only are you gonna have to break my bones, not only are you gonna have to break my will, but you're gonna have to break my soul, Sullivan. You don't own anyone. You don't own Nancy. She doesn't belong to you. All you own is yourself. And that's what this fight has become. It's become about the self. 
Thank Prepare you. yourself, Sullivan. Thank you very much, and I thank you, Nancy. Uh, very serious edge as we head into Super. Lord, uh, thankfully, Gene Okerlund bailed us out. That was a decent little segment, and then boy, it just it just took a shit. Yeah. That was horrible. I got vertigo listening to that. Where the hell was that going? That was yeah. one of the worst promos I've heard. In terms of, I mean, it took a lot of time and it just kept circling the toilet bowl and circling the toilet bowl. It's like, God, will this fucking turd finally disappear? <laughs> Ooh. How about, uh, couldn't catch a pig in a ditch. I never heard that. Now, that before. was funny. I'm stealing that. I'm going to use that somewhere down the road. That's funny shit. Uh, so the giants out here with wrist tape, I don't remember seeing him wear a ton of wrist tape. I don't know why, but that sticks out to me here today. And trying to make his arms look bigger. Oh, is that the deal? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making shit up. So these guys that the giant is going to destroy here are top gun, which is Dave Cannell, AKA Dave Sierra and Johnny swinger friend of the show. And, uh, after the match, I think we're going to hear from Lex Luger. There's top gun. Yeah. Not looking so top here, but he's going for a ride. Speaking of Lex Luger, uh, Mrs. B, my wife, the beautiful Mrs. B, still hot after all these years, um, interviewed Lex Luger uh, for her podcast, and we're going to post it. She's going to post it on adfreeshows.com. It'll be coming up in another week and a half or so. So be on the lookout for that exclusive interview, Mrs. B and Lex Luger. By the way, find her podcast, uh, Talking Shift. Uh, with, uh, Lori Bischoff, if, uh, and, and listen, I know a bunch of folks over at ad free shows, coach Rosie and a handful of others, uh, who have actually started to use her as a life coach and created a lot of their success personally and professionally, uh, to her coaching. So if you're looking to uh, drop some LBs, I think coach Rosie's down like 30 or 40 pounds and maybe looking for a promotion or just looking for better relationships with your kids or your family or what have you, man, Mrs. Bischoff, Mrs. B as we call her here affectionately on the show. Uh, she has a wealth of knowledge. Check her out. L O R E E Bischoff, uh, throw in your Google machine and you'll see it. And now we see mean gene just stepping over the bodies as it's turnabouts fair play. I guess the giant here spray painting some bodies. Let's take a listen. Idea of what's going on here. Hall and Nash painted on the backs of these two men, just single-handedly defeated by the giant and the way it stands this Sunday in San Francisco at Super Bowl, you one man apparently without a partner, are going to be facing the outsider. Not only am I facing the outsiders, but by the look on my friend's face right here, Mr. Luger, I think you have something to tell me, don't you, big man? Lex Luger. Oh, man, for a change, I have got some good news because I searched far and wide, and in my hand in this sealed envelope is official... For WCW's perusal, medical clearance with a protective device to wrestle in the pay-per-view with the big man right here against the Outsiders, Paul Nash. All right. Yeah. May I, may I take a look? May, may what I? we're going to see is some racking. We're going to see some choke slamming in the Cow Palace in San Francisco this weekend. Can, can, can I get... This is your medical release. You're all set to go. Oh, no, I'm saving this for Bischoff. Oh, this is phone. great news for all of oh, us. The very bad news Hello. for them. Hey, Goldilocks. <laughs> you and the furball need to pay a little bit of attention here. I don't know what that is you have in your hand, 
but you're about 167 hours, 54 minutes and 30 seconds late. I said you needed to have a release at the end of last week's show, not this week's show. We have deadlines, we have obligations. We can't just be making matches by the seat of our pants out here. My friend, I you will not hold for the this phone. Thing. Hold the phone. Listen to what I'm telling you. Oh, I'm you will not wrestle in San Francisco. Oh, my. You know, you really are a pathetic little creature hiding behind your great big title. Come on you now. control everybody's lives. Come on now. I know a lot of things that you can't do. You can't prevent me from getting on an airplane to San Francisco if I buy my ticket. You can't prevent me from renting a car. You can't prevent me from buying a hotel room in San Francisco. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of things that I know of that you can't control this upcoming weekend, my friend. Is that a threat? Because I can't oh, prevent yeah, you from making a living. You remember that, you tell that 500-pound furball to remember that, because you will be terminated. Uh -oh. Hey, don't even think about it. You want some of this? You want some of this? You come and get it. You want some, you come and get it. Feet don't fail me now. Yeah, I tell you, he's got some goons behind the curtain there. They better watch their step. Fans, we're coming right back. You're a handsome devil back then, you son of a gun. And that was a fun little segment. That was fun. And it, the most fun part of it was be calling giant a furball. Yeah. I like that yeah. 500 pound furball. <laughs> so here's the commercial. Let's take a listen. At WCW Super Brawl 7, we are going to rip the NWR apart. It's time to get under construction. We're going to bring back all Flair, Steve, Logan, Brick by Brick. It's time to kick some butt. It's WCW Super God, those were so corny. I mean, I understand yeah. you had to have them way out there ahead of time, but that like, I didn't see any wrestler. It's just awful. It was horrible. It was horrible. Please tell me that's Mike Weber's fault. Just so I can bust his balls. Well, it was Mike Weber's responsibility to get those ads done, but it wasn't Mike Weber's fault. If he didn't have the information, the theme, you know, even Alcatraz came together at the last moment. Ideally, you would have known that when these spots were produced, so you could integrate the theme of the show into the spots for the show. But speaking again, of Alcatraz, here we go. Yeah, let's take a look. I like this. <laughs> Roddy Piper live from Alcatraz. <laughs> Don't come, man. Not even Taz does Alcatraz. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> You know how hard I worked. Hogan, Hogan, you're listening to me. You know how hard I worked. 28 years I fought. I fought to get a family. Did you ever wonder why I was on the street when I was 13? Did it ever cross your mind, Hogan? I've been dead inside. You know when you're dead inside? There's nothing you can do to a man to hurt him. Nothing there. I'm coming into the cow palace on the 23rd, dead inside. <laughs> Why? Because of you, Mr. Spandex. <laughs> you are the cheapest, most low-life piece of snake I have ever seen. Telling people lie that I'm hiding behind my little boy. You know, you know, let's get serious about this. Because I'm not doing no wrestling promo to dry and draw tickets. No, no. You know, you know what you do, Hogan? Remember, 
you little kids, take your vitamins and say your prayers. What happened to that? You know why? Because you're a facade. You don't have it in here. You walk in airports in spandex, huh? And Hollywood Hogan here with your platinum blonde hair. So people will recognize you. Folks, I won't tell you the truth. He needs that recognition. Do I walk around in a kilt when I'm in the airport? No. No, no, I don't do that. You know how hard I tried to give a family. You know how proud of my children I am, man. Cost me a hip, and never once did I complain. Seven years I fought, no cartilage in my hip. Not once did I complain, not once did I get beat. And you come along, and in five minutes, you take that away from me. So I says to myself, let's get mean to the extreme, huh? Let's get it. And we do our push-ups, and we do our training in Alcatraz. I'm going to stay here for seven days and seven nights, and I ain't creating the world. I am destroying Hulk Hogan. There's not room in this sport for both of us, man. No, 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 no. What you did to me is way beyond wrestling. What? You need another big pay-per-view to buy another yacht in Hollywood. That whole phony situation. You've picked the wrong guy. You have played with the wrong man. Did you hear me, Hogan? Let me tell you something. San Francisco, huh? It's as simple as this. I'm going to teach you that pain is a four-letter word. And while we're in Frisco, let's take a walk on the wild side. And as the ladies say, do-do-do, do-do-do, what you're going to do when I'm through with you? You piece of garbage. You know what's great about a Roddy Piper promo is it doesn't have to make sense for it to be awesome. Well, you know what's even greater about a Roddy Piper promo? They very seldom made sense, but they were still awesome. You couldn't wait to hear them. That was so good. Roddy was so excited about shooting that that segment in Alcatraz. And we had to jump through flaming hoops to pull that off, as people may or may not know. Alcatraz is controlled by the U.S. National Parks Service, I think. So getting permission to go inside of and filming inside of Alcatraz was no easy feat, but we did it. And Roddy was so, so excited about it. It's fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, here comes J E double F J A double R E double T. Howdy folks. Here he comes strutting and cutting. Just like his Venetian blind wrestling gimmick. I love that. I I will never forget you calling it that. And he's taking on Chris Jericho, which at the rate Jeff Jarrett's going, uh, could be a match that main events dynamite later this year. Um, (laughs) it's pretty remarkable to think about what we're watching here. I mean, we're near the end of the, the show here and Chris Jericho's here and he's only been with the company at this point, less than a year. Uh, this is prime time. The second time we've seen him in this era or, or this same night, of course, Deborah's out here cheering on, 
uh, Jeff Jarrett. And we know they would even be a duo the following year, uh, I guess for a couple of years now over in uh, the WWF. I want to mention, uh, Meltzer wrote up about the, uh, Alcatraz promo. And he said this, they did a creative Roddy Piper promo said to be live from Alcatraz. Of course, Meltzer can't help himself, except it was sunny at the time when Alcatraz was cloudy and the sun going down and it was sunny again when it was dark in San Francisco, who cares? Uh, Piper talked into a toilet bowl at Hogan, typical Piper intensity and lack of sense, but overall a great hype piece. It was funny because Piper said, this isn't a wrestling promo. And I actually liked that. He said, this ain't a wrestling promo, which is obviously a wrestling promo, but it was really well done, really fun. And to your point, it didn't have to make sense. You just knew, Hey, this guy's crazy and he's ready for a fight. Uh, it helped get me hyped for super brawl. I'm for it. And I've never seen anybody talk into a t- toilet bowl before another first <laughs> for, for professional wrestling on nitro. Who'd have, who'd have ever thought of that idea? <laughs> That's Roddy. He probably just, just, it was spontaneous. I doubt that he spent a lot of time thinking about it. it was so much fun watching Roddy work, not only being in the ring with him, that was special, obviously, but just watching him kind of go through the process backstage and, and watching it happen. And probably 80% of everything Roddy did was improv and spontaneous. Let me give you some context. February 11th, 1996, Super Brawl 6 did 210,000 buys. A year later here, February 23rd, Super Brawl does 275,000 buys. 65,000 more buys is quite substantial, especially when you consider that you and I just recently covered a show on on TNA and it got like 8,000 buys. So you're talking about a five or six X multiple, just as the difference from year over year, WCW here in February of 97 was super hot. As we see kind of a, 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 an abrupt end to the match here. Mongo comes in, nails Jeff Jarrett from behind with the Halliburton. That's all she wrote. Jericho gets his hand raised here near the end of the program. And, um, Sting and Savage are, are next here to give us a close to the show. And then I want to talk about one little piece of business, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this week's up, but let's, let's track it here. Cause we only have a few minutes left here. Wow. So much going on in this program. We spill over into a third hour here. And I tell you, we have seen everything from a new world television champion to a horrible sight from a car wreck, the Steiners. And, and then of course we have seen Rowdy Roddy Piper, a man as never before in our sport. Still to come, we are going to hear, we understand, from Hollywood Hulk Hogan. How's he going to eat in Alcatraz all those days? I don't think that matters to him. Oh, of course it don't matter. Matters. How's he going to have water? He's going to be eating crickets off the floor. He's going to be going nuts in that cell. Only one thing matters to Rowdy Roddy Piper right now, Mike, today, and that is Super Brawl 7. And I say world title, but for Rowdy Roddy Piper, world title does not even fit into the equation for him. I just wonder if that world championship is almost secondary to his opportunity at revenge for that humiliation two weeks ago. My favorite music, I guess. Why? I'm being, Why? I'm being facetious, okay? We always are. Hogan? You know, you know he saw Piper from Alcatraz. Of course he did. There's Hogan, Scott Norton, Vincent, Eric Bischoff, and Elizabeth coming out. Elizabeth never looks happy. Well, of course, she is a, a lady. She's a, what, what, what is going on here is basically what we have been seeing. Of course, it wouldn't be nicer if we didn't see Hulk Hogan, but uh, where Hogan is in this era, well, Sting can't be too far away. And as we just 
recently saw as we did one of these watch alongs, all of a sudden macho man's hanging around with him, which makes all the sense in the world that miss Elizabeth's out here sporting her NWO dress, which, uh, is a nice little touch. You know, she's always dressed like she was going to the prom, but now she's got that NWO insignia on her as well. And, uh, this is maybe one of my favorite eras of Hulk Hogan, this version of Hollywood Hogan. I don't know why it just tickles me. Cause you could tell that dude's having a blast in real life. He really was. It was so much fun for him to, once he finally got comfortable with walking away from the red and yellow initially, once he, he committed to, to going with this Hollywood Hogan heel character, it didn't take him, but 10, 15 minutes to get real comfortable and finally be able to be a character that was so different than he had been for such a long period of time in his career. It's always, you know, you're a performer. It's always fun to try something different. And when it works as well as this did, he was having fun, man. He just, he loved it. Let's track it here. the stuff right there and you know it too don't you same to you brother same to you Hollywood the rest of the world may be afraid of Roddy Piper the man is a lunatic but you are Hollywood Hogan you are up to the challenge look at those look at those pythons oh yeah he can lock himself in a room. He can drive himself crazy. He can bounce his head off the bars, but he can't touch your stuff, Hollywood. Well, you know, Mr. Bischoff, Hollywood and everybody out there, all those NWOites, they know that Piper's nuts already. They know that he's totally crazy to get back in the ring with wah, Hollywood, and get his brains beat out again. And you know something, brother? He's crazy to tell his kids that he's coming home, to hide behind his children. And he's even crazier to lie to all these people and tell them that he's kicking Hollywood out of the sport of wrestling. Uh, But Hollywood, like I told you back there. Oh, my goodness. There's nothing to be afraid of. Don't leave that set. There's something. Look at that. Well, we've seen a bond formed recently mm. between the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Sting. And they haven't said a word to each Hollywood. other. Piper is That's history. Password. <laughs> Piper is history. He's nothing. He can't carry. So we see Sting and the Macho Man come out on the stage, and they're just standing there, not saying anything. But the last time we saw them, they were in the crowd and now they're just coming from the back. I know it's a little thing, but I don't know. This just feels less than, I know we're getting a great shot of them, but the idea that, oh yeah, we're all in the backstage area together. I mean, sting had been hanging out in the rafters and when we saw them most recently, they were in the crowd. I think I still preferred that over this. Hey, let's wander out there together. Yeah. It, it, it really was, uh, inconsistent with the theme that made it all work. Right. 
of, of Sting kind of hiding in the rafters, being on the outside, looking in, you know, watching all the carnage taking place, trying to figure out what he was going to do and when he was going to do it. That was the mystique that made the Sting character work so well. Um, and then to kind of go back to the traditional, oh, here he is walking through the same, you know, backstage area that Hogan just walked through five minutes earlier. Zero sense. Really a mistake. No doubt about it. So we see Hogan finishing the promo here for the pay-per-view. Now that Piper's hiding in the cell, I'm sure he's going to bring all of his children to the cop palace because, brother, I'm going to ride him like a dog that he is. Hollywood rules, and I never want to hear Hulk Hogan again. It's Hollywood Hogan. You got it, Hollywood. Show him the guns, brother. Show him the guns. The biggest icon in wrestling. That dog can bite. And, he- and that's the way we go off the air for a go home show. And you just talked about earlier, how much you really like going off the air with a hot angle. You know, there's going to be a brawl, a melee or what have you. And we didn't see that here in hindsight. Would that have helped sell some more pay-per-views? Do you think if sting and, and, and savage could have been involved or because it's Piper, did you not want to confuse the issue if he was not there that night? No, I look ideally on, on your, uh, on the the weekly show more often than not, I'd love to have that cliffhanger, that action that makes you feel like you've got to tune in to see how it ended, you know, the week before, but you can't do that every time. And especially on a go home show to a pay-per-view because I, I, I believe strongly in the idea that the less you see two people make contact physical contact in the weekly show, the better to the buildup to the pay-per-view would be. I know that sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth and I kind of am. When you're focused on, especially a match like Hogan and Piper, right? The less you see of them actually in the ring competing or, or, or battling against each other in a physical way, the better. You want to save as much of that for the pay-per-view as you can. So if there are other ways to end the show hot or to end the show in such a way as you want to see how it's going to end, um, if there are those other opportunities, you want to use them. But with Hogan and Piper, that was tough. I mean, you you didn't want to – how can I say this? And you, You have to understand that at this stage of Roddy's career, his heart was willing. He would do anything. I mean, anything that you ask him to do physically. It wasn't that he was afraid at all. The opposite. But there's a certain point where you have to protect the talent from themselves. Same thing was true with Hogan. Hogan would do, Hogan loved doing, just like Piper. They loved to go in there and get the crowd on fire and exchange blows and work. I mean, they loved doing that. But the more you see of it, the less inclined you are pay for it in a pay-per-view because you feel like, okay, well, I've already got a pretty good look at that. So it was always a balance of trying to end the show hot, ending the show in chaos or not chaos necessarily, but in an open-ended high intensity manner. Um, But when it came to two guys, especially like Piper and Hogan, you were kind of limited as to what you could do in the ring with them and doing it too often would actually, I think, take away from the pay-per-view opportunity. That makes sense. Yeah. And listen, I get it. I, uh, I just know that earlier in this same show, you know, we were trying to lay out maybe your best wishes or your best practices or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know though, that the storyline of Eric Bischoff, the tyrant television character is going to continue. Meltzer would say 
it's not exactly the best kept secret that Ted Turner is supposed to appear on the March 3rd nitro to fire Eric Bischoff. In fact, the story was not only released on WCW's own hotline, much to the chagrin of Kevin Sullivan, who was also thrilled with Mark Madden reporting on Wednesday that he never had a conversation with Paul Lee when he did, and that his angle with Nancy and Benoit was all the work. But two days later, there was a planted story in the New York daily news, page six, page six gossip column. The item was slanted towards the WWF saying how Turner is frustrated because he's been unable to overtake Vince McMahon and the WWF and house show attendance and pay-per-view buys. And the only category he wins is cable television ratings. Now, of course we know it's not actually Ted Turner. But that was certainly the, the, the talk here on your own hotline and in the newspapers, uh, people really wanted to see Ted Turner. And I guess if that would have been possible, boy, that would have been an interesting scene. Ted Turner on TV to fire you. Would it not? Oh yeah. I would have loved it too, but nothing else that Dave wrote about or reported as fact in his dirt sheet, um, was true. Ted wasn't frustrated. Ted was fucking thrilled. Ted was thrilled with the direction of WCW. I know because I got a phone call from him every Tuesday afternoon at four 30. So again, just silly bullshit. And guess what? So was most of what we talked about at our hotline. It, I, I know it's hard to even respond without being redundant. People just have to take what Dave Meltzer writes to this day and publishes. Take it with a huge grain of salt. Know that Dave is a fanboy above all else. And currently he's a fanboy for everything that is AEW and won't report anything critical, won't dissect anything in a constructively critical way won't talk about some of the same issues that were, you know, the mainstay of his so-called reporting um, when it comes to wrestler salaries and all of that, or a bloated talent roster or spending too much for talent. So you never hear that kind of thing out of Dave anymore. Do you No, because he's a fanboy. but if you go back to his coverage of WCW at the time, I called his bullshit. I've been, I've been calling Dave Meltzer bullshit for the last 30 years. And as a result of that, he couldn't wait to take shots at anything and everything WCW, despite the overwhelming success that we had at that point in 1997. So that's why I say you just got to take everything that he says with a grain of salt. And you got to really know who Dave Meltzer is. He's a very insecure little fanboy. And if you embrace the little fanboy, the little fanboy will say great things about you. If you call the little fanboy out for being the little piece of shit that he really is, then anything and everything that you do is wrong. And that pretty much contextualizes Dave Meltzer's coverage of WCW and why. Well, I don't know about all that, but I do know that uh, February 10th raw was preempted as we mentioned. So it was raw Thursday whatever it was Thursday, raw Thursday, whatever. Shawn Michaels lost his smile. So nitro was unopposed and he got a 3.8 rating. Now we're back head to head one night after the, uh, in your house, final four, uh, where we crowned the new WWF champion. And we're going to switch the title the very next day. So you're up against Sid and Brett for the world title in the main event. 
that program gets a 2.1. What we just saw got a 2.9. The hits keep on coming. Try as you might, Eric Bischoff wins again. And uh, we're looking forward to breaking down Super Brawl 7 here next week. Uh, now, Tony Schiavone and I are planning to do a watch along. So if you haven't already, watch with Tony and I over at What Happened When. Uh, but Eric and I will be back next week to break down the good, the bad, and the ugly of WrestleMania 7. Speaking of WrestleMania 7, Super Brawl 7, I had WrestleMania on my mind, though, because that's where we're doing our next live show. Tickets are on sale now. Supershowlive.com. It's Jeff Jarrett, it's Eric Bischoff, myself, but most importantly, people are asking who's the third man. And I think maybe another question might be who's the fourth man. We've got so many tricks up our sleeve. It's WrestleMania it's Dallas. So who's in town. Everybody's in town and you should be too. Go grab your tickets right now at supershowlive.com. I want to mention if you're going to WrestleCon, uh, cause this is a Friday show, you'll be able to do the whole WrestleCon thing. And as soon as you finish. Just come right over do our happy hour with us. That's going to be our VRP, be our VRP. Easy for me to say, uh, you'll have opportunities to uh, have a few drinks, belly up to the bar with Eric Bischoff, get your stuff signed, get some autographs, get some photos, and then you're going to hear some stories. We can't tell on the podcast and we've got a couple of announcements to make that night. So it's going to be fun. Supershowlive.com. Grab your tickets right now. Uh, who is the third man? Stay tuned to our social media. We're going to start giving you some clues, some hints. And, uh, we're going to have some fun WrestleMania, man. I can't believe it's, it's almost here. I'm really looking forward to this. I, you know, I've never been to Gillies really never been. And I was such a huge fan of urban cowboy. I remember when I watched urban cowboy the very first time I was thinking to myself, I got to move to Texas. I want to live somewhere where there's a bar like Gillies. I want to go in there and just hang out and watch the fist fights and all the good shit that's going on out in the parking lot and everywhere else. And here I get to be a part of the show at Gillies. I'm bringing my son Garrett with me. So if you got questions for Garrett about his time in TNA, all that kind of good stuff, he'll be there too. So yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. It's going to be you get fun. Garrett and I together. You get Garrett and I together anywhere in a country bar that sells cold beer. It's going to be a good time. I'm ready for it. Come join us. Make plans to join us. Supershowlive.com. And we'll be back next week talking all things Super Brawl 7 right here on 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.